Welcome to another episode of TCP, the podcast where we all kind of sit there in disbelief as we watch the comments and we're thinking, damn, if only you realize that actually the rumor, the leak from last week is actually true. I guess you guys didn't know about that, but when, when, that's the last we're going to talk about that because we're not here to feed any extra fuel to the fire or start any drama, uh, even though like, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't mind it personally. Like, I, I don't mind it at all, but um it's also the podcast where Jessica's about to have a baby, so he could he has to run and deliver a baby at any point during the show. So it's his um, baby. No, it's take, take, I don't even know when. Like, Only one quarter. It, be, of it is me. Could be in. <laughs> sure. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you to explain that in a second because to some people that could sound confusing. Um, but in like ten minutes, could be ten minutes from now, could be thirty minutes from now, could be one hour from now, could be you know, five hours from now when this episode finishes that he has to go deliver a baby. But at some point, Jessica might have to go and deliver a baby. I mean, let's be honest, during Corona, you can have one visitor. So to shortly explain, like my sister is currently in labor. So um, it's it's pretty exciting, of course, like would be my first nephew. And uh, waiting for that. So definitely looking down my phone if this podcast happens to stop at some random point yeah. you know why now a new human being that is 25% of Yiska <laughs> you're just like there it is one quarter that's me um joe which which quarter are you at um i'm pretty much a quarter pounder um yeah. the holidays yeah. have been very well, you're kind pounding. to me in that stuff uh you know that's on a need to know basis uh you know in, in america we have rights yeah. i'm gonna plead my my fifth amendment right yeah. to not sarah comment. mcdonald your loss is her name exactly exactly sarah uh, mcdonald <laughs> um there's a nice name sarah, i'm sarah. A, uh i'm a quarterback or at least in my brain okay that's what i'd, I'd like there to you be. go um i have the body and and athleticism of Tom Brady and none of his throwing skills. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if you want to go out on that this week. Um, <laughs> so really, I feel like I a 50-year-old. I don't know how old some he is, credit. Like, I saw you doing the talent takedown, and you threw plenty. Um, I also did plenty. I, I did, he both. did He did well. He also did... was there. I don't know where you were. I... <laughs> Why was this be there? Of course. Sure. <laughs> I did. I did okay. I don't know. Like yeah, I, you did well. it was some. I was the only one shutting down ZP, who apparently mm. was doing a lot to our team, and I was the one getting in his face. But he still destroyed our team, and uh, I didn't see that until I actually watched the game. I'm like, damn, ZP kind of killing people here. But um, hey, he didn't really kill me. In fact, I was one of the few people that got him. So. Yeah, okay. Did I miss the, the cart on Route 66? Sure. But so did like two other people on my team. So, you know, that's, that, that doesn't come down just to me. All right, but, Captain. Um, anyway. Anyway. Um, no, that was egregious because he was the only one there. So he's yeah. got no one to blame but himself. I actually, I can also be like, well, that person was kind of close. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is also an episode where, just like our last two episodes, we have absolutely nothing to talk about and this time you'll look at the times you'll look at you'll look at the the feed on the bottom of the youtube page or, or maybe you won't if you're listening on uh spotify whatever right now and you'll see like oh it actually is only like 30 minutes of an episode that means you just had to run and deliver the baby you know mm. that's 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 how you got it i, I was going to say leave down in the comments how long you think this is going to stay on before he has to deliver a baby but 
you could have just cheated and have seen how long the episode is, and that would just tell you everything you need to know. Um, but there's nothing to talk about this week because, I mean, as I wait for Joe to come back, Joe, nothing happened. Nothing, absolutely yeah, nothing there is, happened. There is absolutely nothing. No big news nope. whatsoever. Not a single. Well, that's the thing is, it's spread. also nothing like happened, right? there wasn't absolutely big news. Happened. Yes, it was just like the initial tide coming in and and it bringing lots of little gold pebbles and nuggets and and just like it's it's this ominous gold wave that just keeps it, 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 it's exciting all of the positivity and hope that is coming out with uh, some of these content creators obviously um alluding to some possible overwatch 2 news perhaps um but yeah i mean you're not wrong nothing happened it's just like the wind blew and we're you know elated and and everybody has goosebumps and whatnot so and it's a good feeling but i mean you're not wrong so we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about it because there's nothing to talk about instead <laughs> we're gonna talk about something exciting something truly exciting which is our lovely patrons mm. obviously episode 206 brought to you by battle crab refine bean bronze Barbuha, Chare. Prophet Picasso, Chris R three four 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 four, Crasher sixty seven, Lolshin, Porkchop Sammy, Rick Zane, Volamel Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery. Okay, so well we are played. Talk Apple. about it. Obviously. Well played. I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. Well played. My hats off to you. Great segue. Um, I I do I I planned it on the fly as well. The best I find the best things happen on the fly. And sometimes you'll you'll get these things, especially when your your name is Uber and you make some really hot calls and some good references. Uh, I do some of that sometimes. I'm a quarter of that. Uh, just a bit of a throwback to an You're old joke. You're a quarterback. And yeah, see, that's a, that's a double whammy. We call that a double Jesus dip in the, in the industry. <laughs> As you know, the question will be like, how do you how do you come up with this stuff? Do you, do you write it down? I'm like, no, it just happens on the fly. It happens on the fly. The best Much stuff like happens a baby. on the fly. Smart, yes. He's too smart. A baby? Babies come from, you know, anyhow. COVID. You an un- are you talking about an unplanned pregnancy? Because that, could, that hey, happens on the fly. Possibly. I mean, talk from somebody who was an unplanned pregnancy. We're not talking about my sister right now. I'm just going to point that no, out. No, 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 <laughs> just, just in general. We're talking about Joe's pregnancy. <laughs> yes. Right. My mind with myself. I'm procreating. I'm, I'm actually cell dividing as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> If Joe I'm like a virus, I, I need to, I need to infect a host first before I can replicate. Mm, exactly, and then, like, I am millions, and then millions of me spread into new hosts. That's <laughs> how that works. <laughs> can you imagine um, every single one of those trashing Reddit for an hour? How fucking awful! <laughs> I'll go for the two. Be- the one, the one guy that hated it. I'll, I'll go for two. Don't. Don't tempt me. I got more content. I'll go for three. He has the launch codes. And the best part about this, I'll even, we'll, we'll even commit to doing false timestamps just so when you mm-hmm. click every false timestamp, you're like, damn it, he's still going. He tricked me. He's still going. And then you click the final one that says outro, and I'm actually still going. And then I just finish there. Yep. So the episode just cuts off with, with you, like mid. You, you push me too far, I'm going to go there. So are you, come on. I don't care if it was a slog, it was justified. If you actually listen to it, it was justified. And if you don't think it's like important to the health of the game, you you probably just flick through it because you're trying to get yeah. to the hot news about who got picked up, which I is what you're gonna players. which is which is what you're gonna have to do again because we're gonna mm-hmm. save that until later because we have to talk about uh some more important things first. 
but extremely shallow stuff because we don't actually know anything about it. So, what do we not know, guys? <laughs> we don't do we know, know anything that was was told. All the things, all the things really is what we positive don't Positive things. Yeah. Yeah, like which isn't bad, right? It's not a bad thing. No. It, it's a weird situation sitting outside, like that information. Mm. Um, and I used to think, ah, you know, it would really suck sitting outside and like. I would get the frustration, and actually, I don't. You guys are all piss babies, like, trying to get information as qu quickly as possible, and you're insufferable. It's totally yeah. fine not knowing that information. It's also totally fine trying to find that out and just asking people nicely. It's, like, really, really childish to just get upset that uh, that you don't know it yet. Uh, unless you're, of course, professionally involved, in which case... Dan's tweet was completely justified because <laughs> imagine not knowing what's happening to your life next year. So, um, I, yeah, I can, me and, I can me and every other player, that's not called Sam, apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, good. That story went in a very different direction. I thought you were, about to, you were about to go in the direction of like, yeah, you know, I got really, you know, I wasn't, I, I saw what it was like being on the outside and it kind of sucked. That's why I became a journalist and I got all the, all the inside leaks now. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, that's where you gotta go with that. That wouldn't have been a way for me to feel superior to everyone else, you know? So, of course, it wasn't going mm. that way. <laughs> so, what we do know is that it's big. It is yes. actually big. And it is big enough that it's got all the content creators unanimously, from what I could tell. Did you see, did any of you see anything negative? Because it was unanimously positive, right? Not from the people who, like, soft claim to be there in the call or to, like, have, like, very uh, sensitive information regarding the fact. I think so there were measured takes, but not negative. Yeah, so, all positive. But that's the thing is the measured takes were even all pretty positive, yeah. right? It, it ranges from measured positivity to, like, holy shit yeah like jesus is coming back jesus is coming like you know it ranges those that's the that's, those are variances right there your top end and your middle end but there was nothing i feel like there was nothing below medium mm -hmm. no yeah right agreed it was at least like in the middle like only like damn like like yo this is kind of good but hold on oh i don't and, know like I don't... and i think initial like i don't think i'm speaking for the only of us are like I'm, I'm i think like this is a very concrete feeling um when you hear something so positive and everybody's you know oh my god jesus is coming it's his birthday you know sound yeah. sound the horns it's right they really soon this is the welcome to the jesus's birthday <laughs> yeah. right? I didn't mention that, but episode 206 is actually the jesus birthday special it is uh very merry christmas happy holidays of course all that good stuff but yeah it's I think the initial like gut reaction is like it can't be that serious guys like come on like wh what what could be so ground shaking what could be so you know transcendental yeah. this must be some some DMT style machine elves that's, type stuff that's the thing like I almost kind of want to find out how hungry these guys are you know like how right, yeah. how like the the worst meal tastes incredible mm -hmm. if you're really starving and like coming yeah. home and I'd like I, I might even eat you know the stuff that mom has at home um and it feels like hey, throwing your mom under the bus there a little bit but <laughs> true it feels like I'm now just in the position where I'm guarding myself from disappointment because mm -hmm. I'm expecting everything and yeah. I shouldn't 
you know? No. <laughs> and yeah, it's very reasonable to not. Like, it actually raises the community expectation maybe too high. Yes. In some ways, in some ways. Yeah. Like, but it's I almost think dangerous. In some ways, it yeah. It is dangerous, it is. yes. So, but I think it, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Like, you can't do... There, there's no, like, good to play in their position because they've, they've dug so deep. Do, do you, so, like, you have to take a measured risk, I think. Okay, okay. Guys, give me the scenario which... Like, the thing that they were told that would mm-hmm. justify that emotional reaction that everyone had. Before we get into that, because I want to I preface it with a bunch of stuff. Right. Because, uh, because you can't just get into the meat and potatoes. My guys, we had to finish the veggies first. And basically what I want to preface, it sounds boring, but what I, what I want to preface it with is you have to kind of eliminate a couple of things it's, it's, it can't be, right? Well, you, at least you've got to eliminate okay. sure. some possibilities out there to sort of set the stage. Um, because one thing I actually do want to say is like, this is slowly becoming like the proper of Overwatch 2 teasers in the sense is like yeah, the expectation has been blown up so fucking huge yeah. that it better pay off. And I'll, look, I'll be the first guy. And I, fe- and I feel like in that analogy, I'm the Overwatch content creator. It's like, oh my God, proper is Jesus. But like, he might actually be Jesus. Yeah. So like, I can understand, uh, even though like that analogy is a little bit wonky, but you know, I'm plugging my, my, my thumbs into the holes of the ship to make sure that we don't sink here uh, to keep that analogy afloat. But essentially, when you think about it, and who's come out and said positive things, and um, you know how positive those comments were. You have groups of people that have been probably the biggest critics of Overwatch. Because remember one thing, guys: the biggest critics of Overwatch are typically the people that actually enjoy and love Overwatch the most and put the most hours into it. Because most other other people, if you don't like Overwatch, you, you're just gone. You don't say anything. You walk out the door. You don't yep. turn around. You're just simply gone. Right. Um, the people that stick around and be like, this game is so bad as they hit the Q button for the thousandth time, right? Those are the people that have lots of bad things to say about the game, but probably for the best reasons. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess Samito sits at the top of that list next to a bunch of other guys. Frito's had some pretty interesting comments as well in terms of the negativity. His videos, I mean, you can just watch any of his old, mm-hmm. I say old, like videos pre-Overwatch 2 hype. Uh, when I say Overwatch 2 hype, I mean whatever this latest round of news was, so pre the news, just the news, pre that, the, the videos all like, you know, Overwatch 2 delayed again, dead game, blah, 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 all mm-hmm. the typical headlines, all the, all the typical clickbaits, and again, you know, respect the hustle, I'm not criticizing it, but I'm just saying that's the content. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked to some of those guys, and I'm like, so are you guys capping, or is this for real? And they're like, it's for real. I'm like, oh, shit. No, is there a chance they're capping to me? Is that, are they just lying to me? I don't think so. I think like we, I've I can talk to people on a pretty genuine level, mm. um, and I can like you know, <laughs> and these and these are people that put their own reputations on the line. Like Samito did a stream the next yeah. day talking about his feelings without leaking anything. He's talking about his feelings. Like no, he's like fully serious. He's fully serious. He's not joking at all. And this is one of the this is the guy that legitimately wanted Team Four and Blizzard to. Not only delete Brig, but justify it by killing the character in game in the lore. Like she gets run over by a bus or something. Oh, Brigitte, Brigitte died. She's now deleted from the game. Like this is like unironically is you know mm-hmm. not maybe not using that specific example, but like he <laughs> killed the actual character in the game so you can delete her from the game. Is was his one of his positions. Uh, I don't think they're doing that, 
so it didn't tick off every box on Samira's checklist. However, it's good enough that even without killing Brigida, he's like super pleased. So it's got to be like monstrous. And we assuming benefit of the doubt here, and he has no reason to lie to me or his audience because it would just be, if, as a content creator, you'd be shooting yourself in the foot if you baited your audience that hard and then came out a little bit later. It's like, oh, just joking. Like that, no one, no one would laugh. That'd be like, okay, you're just an asshole. Like that's just, that's just stupid, right? So there's no reason to come out. If he wanted, to, if it was, if it was bad or average, I'm pretty certain people like Samita would come out and flat as well. They come out and be like, yeah, it wasn't very good. Um, I'm not liking where the game is hitting. They would continue bashing the game. So I'm gonna set the ground right now and just like assume that it is legitimately as good as they say, because in my position, in my opinion, they have no reason to lie about that. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, they're, they're coming from it, you know, biased in, in inherently, um, because at the kind of the end of the day, and I, I, I hope I'm not rubbing anybody the wrong way and saying this, like, you know, they do have a vested interest in this. So obviously there is a, a shading to this. However, um, I, I don't, question any of their characters i think that enough of them have been very honest in their opinion as avril said um about the game and its current state um that yeah you have to take them at face value here even if maybe it is you know there is some inherent bias yeah. to it and i think yiska does have a point and i think there is like a sliver of this to where yeah we we have been starved for so long for any kind of information any kind of communication any kind of content relating to this game that yeah, maybe some general concepts, philosophy changes, what have you, are just a little bit juiced up, are just Can a I, little bit, you know, flavorful. I'm going to offer a counterpoint, counterpoint to Yiska here on his comment, because, like, I think you're, you think you're right, but the counterpoint I want to propose is also that if, if, if it was a really half-baked piece of news coming from Team 4 to the content creators, or, like, it really just wasn't that good... The opposite is also true where like, sure, you could be like, oh my God, any meal is good to I'm so hungry. But at the same time, it's just like, I might just go die now. I'm, I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm actually good here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, no, if it was bad news, I think they, I think they legitimately, the content creators would legitimately come out and say, not even bad news, guys. I w if it's just like really subpar news, if it's just mm -hmm. really insignificant, really half-baked, really uninteresting doesn't hit expectations, doesn't fix the issues that they're talking about. If it's just like not what they're expecting and just not good enough news is how I'll define it, just yeah. simply not good enough, I think they would come out and say it wasn't good enough. The one like, thing I'll say is that I'm looking through, I'm using that lens and kind of, you know, narrowing it down into less tangible things that these people were shown. If you had a, a gun to head, what were they shown? I think it was something that was a little bit more intangible. Um, obviously, we kind of talked before the podcast about like, you know, you know, it's it's exciting. Of course, we're going to talk about it. Um, I, I think it has to be something a little bit more up to something more philosophy driven, something maybe like a roadmap, something yeah. like a you know, I don't think these were like, OK, here are all the reworks. You know, here's the beta date. You know, this is I, I don't think it's that concrete. I think it has to be something a little bit more in in the guts of the game, tinkering and tweaking and how they're designing the game. And, and that being shown along with maybe some tangible things. I don't think it can be just like, here is everything we're releasing tomorrow. Have a good day. You know what I mean? It can't be that tangible. Yeah, I think someone even said there's nothing concrete really given to them. Right. So it has to be like sort of like the how. <clears throat> and 
I honestly sh struggle with seeing what kind of m messages they must have received in order to trigger that emotional response from everyone. Um, here are things that wouldn't do it for me. So, for instance, let's say next year, like, it sounds like something is coming soon. That's everyone's sure. sort of like intimating that. So especially with Sam coming out and saying like, hey, we don't have to wait too much longer. It's like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. So possibly like probably New Year's or something uh, like around like first really? mid of January or something. Let's say we were to get uh, an idea of what 2022 will look like. True. And the idea would, for instance, be like, we're getting additional content, maybe a hero mm -hmm. uh, and something to hold us over until uh, Overwatch 2 actually releases. Not enough, bro. Just not enough. I have a counterpoint when you're done going right. to the list. If they say we're going to continue the release cycle that we had 2019 before Echo came and we're going to release mm -hmm. content like that and like maybe two or three heroes before Overwatch 2 comes out, not enough, bro. That's not enough to justify your response, and it's not enough to keep this game alive, right? Mm -hmm. It would have to be almost pretty much whatever we expect Overwatch PvP to be in order for me to Overwatch 2 PvP. In order for me to say that that could be it, it would probably wouldn't be like all the heroes that we expect in. I think at this point it must be six plus in terms of like if we if you map out the time between echo release and whatever, and the mm -hmm. delay as well of, of like how long we at least hero releases and the initial plan of how many releases they wanted to have per year. Um, but like in order for me to feel like okay, you guys weren't weren't capping, it would have to be like. We now know that we're putting something on the table for um, 2022 that resembles large parts of the content we're expecting for Overwatch 2, but we're not calling it that because, for instance, like we're not releasing the PvE portion. Something like this. And even then, I'm not sure if I would feel like, okay, um, that is beyond the expected for me at this point. Because the pre-patch Overwatch 2 was already that for me. Sure. That's fair. When it comes to the, you know, the, your general take on this, um, are you looking for one big punch or would like a series of like voluminous blows maybe shape your opinion? You know, if they came out and said, okay, we're, we're going, you know, free to play model battle pass. Here's the beta date. Here's what 2022 looks like for the Overwatch League. Here's our roadmap. And it's just like a flurry of blows released in a week span of like developer updates. Would that maybe change your mind instead of just like this something? Yeah. And Avril, I think you mentioned this and hopefully you won't mind me mentioning like something so like imagination breaking that it's hard to kind of like wrap your head around. Like if it's just yeah. like all of the things they had to do all at once. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's possible. Here's, here's the thing, I hope it isn't. I hope it isn't okay. just like, we're getting access to new content and the way you unlock it is by through the funnel of those streamers and like those creators being sure. given a helping hand. Because I'm going to tell you guys straight up, that excitement that you feel for your own pocket is not translating to me. And I'm going to drag you for that. I don't think that's it, though. I don't think, yeah. No, I, I don't know what it is. Mm. Just put it out there, so I'm not baiting. But I don't think that's it, because 
it's not just because you here's let me paint you a picture you can have a game that's not very good and doesn't perform well and doesn't sit well in the industry mm. and i don't at that stage i don't care if they give you a fucking cut of the profits the game not doing well has no long-term success is not good for your content creation career so you can't be excited about that you can at that point that falls under what i just said earlier in the yeah it's it's reasonable it's okay news but it's not really good enough yeah. in which case the content creators would be like well it was okay but it's not good enough yeah. uh which would be like cool thank you for trying to line my pockets more but the game is still not good do you know what i mean like that is still bad overall yeah. um and these people who are successful content creator which is majority of people who went to this meeting probably they think you have to think longer term you have to think longer term and like what does my content career look like in five years? Am I playing Overwatch 2? Is it fucking amazing? And am I do am I is my content doing well there? Not just like how much like how much how many extra pennies am I getting in year one? And then I'll just, you know, move off. Some of them might think that way, but I think people are smarter than that. Um a couple of other things I want to debunk really quickly as well is I, I saw some I shouldn't have to debunk these, but I will anyway. Um some people came out and were like, oh yeah, well, you know. These guys are getting paid by Blizzard to say this kind of shit. Like, no, none of them are getting paid. They wish they got paid. Uh, like, these people, they, they, I mean, bro, not everyone who speaks positively about it is getting fucking paid. People said that to me when I was like, when I yeah. came, you know, when the 5v5 news came out, I'm like, I actually see a good future for the game with this. And people are like, oh, yeah, he's, he's obviously getting fucking paid. He got paid to say that. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I'm not allowed to have my own opinion. I'm not allowed to have a genuine good opinion. Like, what? I, if I have, I, if I don't tow the fucking, party line uh, if i don't tow, if i don't tow the fucking low iq line like somehow that's i'm being paid off then what i have to have dumb takes like the rest of you motherfuckers for it to be believable come on that's not what i'm here for um you know so it's like i no, no one got fucking paid to say that and what they, they paid everybody no one like no one even accept that like if you were like a content creator you you wouldn't even fucking accept that money because like they, you're still getting fucked at the end of the day. For, the news has to be so good yes. that you it will not yeah. only is it better for lining your own pockets in terms of whatever plan Blizzard have to work with the content creators, which has been another point of discussion because they want Blizzard to be more active in how they work with the content creators. But it has to also then be the other side of the coin, which is the game and the direction of the game and the future of the game has to be in really good hands. Has to be really good because the long term future of the game matters more to the content creators. Than just having some extra cents and dimes mm -hmm. right now, right? So that's a, that's a big thing. Um, be skeptical. Be if if you want to be skeptical, yeah. you know, that's fine. But do not reach for the tinfoil. Do not think this yeah. is some grain conspiracy from from Papa Blizzard that you know somehow every single one of these people were paid off and none of them even batted an eye at that. Like, like that's that's some doomer bro shit. But let's let's just like establish the baseline because. From what we already knew, we were going to mm. get a, an, an Overwatch 2 pre-patch, at least for Overwatch League. And it was unlikely that throughout the entirety of 2022, only Overwatch League would have access to that. That was, right. in my mind, a less than 50% chance. That's the baseline. Right. You now got to level that up in order to justify that uh, those expectations that the content mm -hmm. creators have set, because we were expecting that anyway, right? Yeah. That's that's the bare minimum, and whatever is plus there, the magnitude of that justifies the um, the reaction. And I'm looking forward to it because, yeah, I think like um, 
if one looks at it rationally and not just trying to protect one's own emotional feelings when once again getting hurt by this game, it should be pretty dope, the, the, uh, judging by, like, a lot of quality uh, creators just, like, giving you their honest emotion. And mm -hmm. I, I, you should be excited that for that. And maybe you should I mean, also not be that jaded uh, to, to receive that information. I've had talks with people with, that are very level-headed. And there was one person in particular I talked to who was, who was a, I know personally, he's a very level-headed guy mm -hmm. who does in fact know what the fuck the news is. Mm. And okay, though they didn't tell me, they did not tell me. And I didn't, I didn't ask them, be like, yo, tell me, bro. I didn't do that either because I respect the decision not to break an NDA. But it's just like, I mean, <laughs> just basically it's just like, just straight to my face. Is this real shit or not? And it, it, it is real shit. It is real shit. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, they, there's no reason for these people to lie to me. Right. So as far as I know, it really is the real shit. Like, right. it is as good as their emotional reaction to it. Could right. some of them have oversold the hype? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But when I'm talking about talking to reasonable people with reasonable heads on their shoulders, it is exact. I take that shit at face value, hundred percent mm -hmm. face value. No, no grains of salt, hundred percent face value. I believe it. I do. I have no reason not to believe it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's it's like I said, it's 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 got to be a two-parter. It's either it's got to be a combination of good news for the creators as being a creator. Like you know, we're talking potential of speculation here again. I don't know, speculating. We're talking the potential of creator codes. We're talking the potential of you know, um, some kind of marketing promotion, early access, beta, blah 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 blah, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um more engagement, more discussion, more feedback, more, you know, correspondence with the actual content creators. I know they have monthly meetings. They've pu publicly mentioned that as well. The creators have public, not public, the creators have publicly mentioned they have monthly meetings with the Overwatch development team um, and the community managers to talk about stuff. And they have nothing but great things to say about the new community managers as well. There's two of them, the most prominent of what, what you probably you know is Andy B, um, who's also been very vocal and very good on the public forums as well in terms of just being communicative and, you know, kind of the voice of the development team because those guys, uh, they're doing their job and the community manager is doing their job of uh, trying to relay the information, trying to speak on their behalf. So those things are good. And the other half has to be, it's got to be good direction of the game. So to me, it says most likely to play should be confirmed um i think knowing how those content creators think and knowing you know from my perspective as well in terms of what would make a successful popular game has to be free to play if it's not free to play bro that shit is a mistake mm. right so it's gotta yeah. be free to play like it's, it's at this point i'm willing to lock that in 100 percent. i'm willing to do it um it's such again, a no-brainer that it wouldn't even excite me to be honest yeah, yeah. yeah. but I'm, this is the start this is just this is just yes. one checkbox on the list because the other thing I mentioned, and you know, when we talked about this privately as well, is like, to me, it's like, in order for it to be big enough, it's not, is it A, is it B, or is it C? No, it's got to be D, all of the above. Mm -hmm. It probably is legitimately yeah. D, all of the above, yeah. because you take a look at only A and only B and only C and look at it only on its own in a vacuum, doesn't sound exciting enough. Oh, is it just a free-to-play announcement? Yeah, not, not exciting enough. Like, that's, everyone expected that anyway. Yeah. That, that, that needed to happen. That was always going to happen, right? No, it's, it's got to be everything combined. So, yeah. you know, probably got 
probably got a timeline. I wouldn't be surprised if they got a timeline. We are, uh, and not a hard timeline. Like it's not like exactly this no. month, this date, and this time. It's GMT plus nine. It's like no, it's probably like a rough outline. It's probably like a rough ballpark. Like yeah, maybe around February. I'm making up a date here, guys. A, a educated <laughs> guess here. Uh, you know, maybe you'll we'll give you early access, and you'll play the same alpha beta client that the pros are playing and you guys can all play together blah 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 blah, blah right um you can we're gonna have a content embargo lift by this stage and you can release your videos etc you know um you can stream the game by here or we're planning on doing some maybe like public beta incentive by this time and mm-hmm. you know a ballpark release date this is the tricky part i don't know that they would have actually talked about a real release date because i know blizzard are very very sensitive about release dates because even sharing that with the content creator kind of audience is super fucking dangerous. I don't know that they would have communicated a release date, but they could have released communicated a ballpark in mm-hmm. terms of like, let's just say quarter one, 2023, which is a reasonable ballpark. They might've said that. Sure. They might've even said quarter four, 2022 next year, which is still a reasonable Certainly ballpark. Possible, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't commit to enough, but it like, it gives you a bit of, <gasps> gives you a bit of hopium, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. So, and then, like Yuska said, could be the separation of PvP and PvE in two separate waves of releases, which um, would speed things up significantly so that one isn't holding up the other. Um, which, obviously, then we, we also, I also joked about the monkey's paw curling extremely fucking hard, and you get the PvE first, and the PvP is delayed, like, fucking ages <laughs> away, right? See, everyone just plays PvE, and there's no, no PvP at all. So, I mean, that's, there's there's an extreme monkey's poor curl, uh, monkey's poor curling of that. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like considering the paid portion of of Overwatch Two is the PVE portion, it would have to be very very creative. Because let's be honest. Like at that point, you gotta sell uh, mm. versions. Why would you not include that in a, in the earnings call thing? Right? Like, are you right. are you trying to like tank your own stock and re- rebuy or something like what, what's the strategy here to in order like you know it's it probably isn't but of course like monkey parts call so, uh curl sometimes so yeah i like to i like to i like to put that in there just as just as a little bit like you know my evil face so going on evil. There just to be funny um even though i'm crying behind the mask because i'm it would also fuck me so i secretly wouldn't want that to happen but i'd have i'd have a bit of an I, I'd laugh at it like as well, like you know. So, sometimes when you hit rock bottom, you just have to have a bit of a laugh, like "Wow, this is really shit." Um, well, you so, you are an, a PVE lord in uh, Back for Blood. I am a PVE so. lord. I'm I'm fucking insane at PVE. <laughs> I will be one of the best PVE players in Overwatch Two. Firstly, because I'll have a lead in terms of being able to play Overwatch Two earlier than most people. Hopefully, possibly, um, yeah. unless they decide to, you know. <laughs> Unless I get really cucked, who knows? I can't. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Who knows? At the end of the day, yeah. um, it, whatever happens, happens. But I'm a yeah. I'm 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 personally looking for PVE, not from a competitive standpoint, but just from like just knowing that something I can actually do in Overwatch where I'll be like mechanically and just in the game extremely good at, and I can actually you know been maybe even known for that i don't know who knows i'm, I'm getting ahead of myself but uh back yeah. to overwatch 2 opm like feels weird I huh think, i think if you want to read between the lines you have to go through all the like flats Samito, frito mm. stylosa all the big guys um and just or even all you know whatever size guys you, you go through all of their critiques and they've been pretty public especially samita has been very public about what mm-hmm. his critiques are what his problems are and he's i mean this is someone where like 
you know, he was there like a there was like a message from Jeff Goodman, like in a jokingly kind of way, is like, yeah, we're gonna be watching Samito as well, just in terms of like just like seeing what he says. I don't know, it's just something like that, because like he's he's a little bit more incendiary, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at their critiques, you get a pretty good feel for what could have changed. Because you have to read between the lines, right? You're like, well, what did they not like? What what were the concerns? And then if they're all super happy about it now, is it because those concerns have been addressed, right? That could give you a lot of clues. In, in some facet. But that's the thing is like there's so much that they've also said publicly, like these 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 big content creators, there's there have been a lot of critiques of Overwatch in general across the years. Um, even some of the more recent ones. There, there is so much to do right that it feels like that has to be the course of action, right? Like it has to be, like you said, it has to be option D, all of the above. Everything was at least addressed, maybe not remedied immediately, maybe not at all, but they were addressed and communicated that, yes, they either are working on plans or they've actually shown some of the plans on how they plan to address it. Um, I've got to debunk one yeah. more thing, by the way, because okay. one of the critiques... This is a debatable critique because I have a counter. I I think the opposite, um, and I've publicly mentioned as well. But the whole five v five thing, I'll I'm going to debunk straight away that there is no there's there's absolutely zero chance that Blizzard have abandoned five v five because some people were saying like, oh, right. are they all super excited because we're going back to six v six Overwatch two? No, that's that not going to be, be a huge setback. That yeah. cannot happen. That cannot. That will not happen. I'm saying I'm saying there's a zero percent chance it's going to happen. Yeah. Because I just I just know Blizzard don't operate like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they've committed to five v five. They publicly announced it. They put so much fucking work into it. Well, you, do you want them to be further behind in development? Because yeah. now they got to fucking scrap all the shit they've been working on. No, this is not this is not happening, guys. We're sticking to five v five. Love it or hate it, sticking to five v five. Um, and clearly, no one hated it that much. No one like none of the content creators were like, oh my god, great news, but. Oh, it was one thing I was disappointed about. You know, no one said that. Mm. So I don't know that they hate the five v five thing that much, because I'm gonna assume they haven't played it yet, so they they sort of know themselves. And even then, the whole like, even if they did play, it doesn't count. Like I don't know. I I think the whole people overblow the whole thing with the pros playing it for the Overwatch League final, like the the show match, and then the previous show match between the developers. Well, people overblow that. Because that's not the final product. And this is, again, I don't want to get into another discussion about how people (laughs) don't fucking understand that seeing an early build and seeing an early, you know, picture of the product is not the final fucking product. That's not the game you are going to be playing when it's released. How many times? I don't know. I'm sounding like a broken fucking record. And I just don't understand why people can't get it around their heads. That that's just not the case. You have to separate that. Please separate those two things. What you saw in the Overwatch League final finals for the show match, that's not the final product. That's not how 5v5 is going to end up playing. That's just where they are now. Like, there's a lot of work to be done when the real 5v5 comes out, when they've finished all the rebalancing, finished the reworks, added in the new heroes, playing the game, how it's meant to be played. That's what you can fairly critique. That At that moment, if you still think 5v5 is bad, I, I got nothing for you. you. You are allowed to have that opinion. I will say, cool, maybe you're right. Maybe I'll even agree with you. Maybe I'll play it. I'll be like, yeah, you're right. This is kind of bad. But at, at that point, I'll, I'll fucking give it to you. But right now, saying, oh, yeah, 5v5 looks so bad. I'm like, yeah, but 
Nothing's changed. You just moved to five v five. Like don't treat don't treat that thirty minute footage like yeah. that's the final fucking game. It's not. So it doesn't even matter. It doesn't. It, it barely even matters. So that's why I'm saying like even if the content creators played that, it doesn't even matter because that's not the final game. That's one thing I will say to minorly critique Blizzard for a moment. I, I just I hate the messaging of that that whole show match where it's like, yo, you want to watch Doha's VOD or player POV from this match that like really doesn't matter and doesn't really indicate like anything about the game. It's just like some content. And I understand from that angle, like, you know, try to milk it for what it's worth. But like that also doesn't help the fact that like people still have a hard time wrapping their head around betas and whatnot. So. This is why uh, this is why critique. developers don't show shit. This is why like game developers in 2021 hold back on doing like betas. And mm-hmm. did you notice most betas you get now, most betas you get now mm-hmm. are like 99% completed products. And the beta you play is almost like like 99% identical to the game that you end up getting on launch day. Like it's that close. So why? Because all developers are just like they just they don't want to get into a tricky situation where people misunderstand what the game they're looking at is so they don't mm-hmm. show you too much pre-release stuff they don't show you too much stuff that's far away you know they don't want to give you development updates on things they're not sure about yet and you'll be like oh the developers are not talking to us yeah because if they say anything you're gonna fucking take that as a final yeah. product that's the truth yeah that's no, why they don't say anything to you I mean, let's let's puzzle a bit and like read between the lines, put our tinfoil hats on and everything, right? But you, do you guys recall like this this news that they reached a big internal milestone? Now, there's two yes, things that, that. that were probable at the time, right? Mm, Maybe yep. they did a feature selection of what is going to be in Overwatch 2. Right. Th- that seemed plausible. I think that was most reasonable people saying that. It could also, could also just be the beginning of the alpha for... PvP or something, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, the alpha is actually a thing where people are trying it out. Like, right. by beta, you're, you're not, like, proofing features or, like, significantly changing gameplay aspects anymore, right? What you're doing is, by beta, you're trying to get rid of bugs in order for that to, then to be release-worthy. As, as you said, Avril, like, most betas, like, we, we're now dealing in, like... <laughs> Uh, what's what's it called? Like early release, like pre-release versions uh, on Steam. Like when you buy these, you're getting early access. And early literally, access. Is early, yeah. but even then, but I don't like the term early access because different developers they define, define it yeah. in different ways. Yes, different Some ways. early access you play are like fully uncom- incomplete games. It's just it's complete garbage. And yep. other early access you play is literally you are playing the full release yep. as an, an identical copy to the full retail release that you play one week yep. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> like, the difference between that and like an incomplete game for early access is so far apart, but they're both mm. called early access. And yeah. let's be let's be clear, the polish on Blizzard is always like industry stat like the highest level in, in the video game industry, right? Like whatever like if we are getting a beta, if that was it, it is probably very far along. It's already playing very well. Like that yep. the, it it will won't be an atrocious product that we like our beta testing you know like mm-hmm. you they would will be in other never games. allow the public to touch the game until it is until they are very internally satisfied with the product yeah. i can promise you that yeah so if you're getting your hopes up on there's two things you can think about if you're getting your hopes up on like getting a hold of the game soon i'm gonna say if the game's not done enough you ain't fucking touching yeah. it 
yeah, if you do I, get I the game soon, that. that's going to be good news. If the game, if you are going to get your hands on the beta soon, they are going to do a closed open beta soon. That's really great news because that means the game is really far along. Yeah. Yeah. Which for all intents and purposes, like it does run. We know that. We've seen it run. <laughs> it's now just adding it the, on. <laughs> it, it, Joe, and that's it, the it, most important been, part the minimum requirement has it? Yes. it it turns on does it oh, okay. at, at least we've got that right we, we okay. know that that's there now it's just adding all the fun bells and whistles to it and i feel like yeah. that has to be part of like this big rollout that you know has been given to these content creators right like if if beta is coming which again kind of meets our timeline we've talked about it on previous shows like this this does kind of check out like what we kind of assumed would be rolled out as cynical as we tend to be. That was the hope, right? Um, so I think that has to be part of it, at least an initial rollout of like, hey, this is like like Avril said, you know, this is kind of like where we're thinking you're going to be a part of it, blah, blah, blah. You know, it there's there's a lot to be hopeful for, I guess, is my my final point. Um, it's an exciting time, as weird as it is, as, as strange. I get it's strange that it is right joe yeah it, it feels weird it's it's it, you know we haven't had much for long and now we're starting to again feel the breeze of yeah. you know some change so it's it's a it's a good it's feeling like, if if not weird i can't i can't remember if you used this term yet on the podcast or if we just it was just us talking about it earlier but you said whiplash was quite yeah and that's quite an accurate phrase because it wasn't that long ago that those same content creators were absolutely shitting on the game mm. and then boom bam like that in the space of a single day it feels like they're just like, oh my god, game save, best game ever, blah, blah, blah. game of the year. Of watches back, you know, and it's just like, wait, what? Yeah, like, huh? That these does this come from the same Twitter account? Like, <laughs> check, check the S A M. it's, it's verified. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah. You're like, you're like, is this is, is this real? <laughs> like, is someone hack your? Did did someone hack every single Overwatch content creator's accounts? Is going on? Like, it doesn't feel real it's such whiplash it's mm -hmm. a full 180 right it doesn't that's the part that i think is craziest for people but if you look at it from the other side of the coin and you assume it's legitimate because I, I and i and i 100 believe it's legitimate because you know from my slightly more in-depth conversations where i still don't know what the fuck it is mm. um it's just it just reassures that they're telling the fucking truth is what i'm getting towards um then it's great news because to do a full 180 like that when you were previously so downtrodden on it has to be, then it's got to be, it, it literally is Jesus coming back. You know, we're getting Jesus. He's, he's on his way. He's definitely on his way. Mm. Um, and when people realize he's not white, they're going to be in for a bit of a shock. Um, so yeah, I mean, happy birthday, well, by the way. <laughs> happy birthday, Just buddy. Case, you know, enjoy your time with the big man. Um, before you come <laughs> back down and, and rejoin the rest of us humans. So, yeah, looking forward to it. It should be good. Like it fills me with a bit of joy. It, like mm -hmm. it made me like actually, you know, after the kind of initial shock of it, like, am I being trolled? Yeah. Is it April first? Check my calendar real quick. Um, to then like kind of realizing that yeah, this is real. I'm like, damn. It actually, fills me with a bit of hoping and joy myself. Like, damn, mm -hmm. I can actually actually feel good about this. Like, I finally get to feel good about it and I, and I and i understand the frustrations of people like well why can't they just tell us like why why blizzard hiding this like why do they only tell the content creators and part of yeah. it is probably i think like it's it's relevant to them for now and not necessarily for everyone else mm -hmm. part of it is also they probably want to do their own announcement in january or something like that and they want to do their own big announcement um 
but they want to stem the the tired of this. They, they want to stem the bad PR bleeding from the content creators because if you again paid attention to the content creators, it's all videos, it's all shit talking, it's all this negativity in the content about how bad the game is and how bad Blizzard is and how bad X, Y, and Z things about the game are. You got to stem that bleeding pretty quickly, and one way to do that very quickly is to hold a big ass meeting where you kind of show your hand a little bit, save a couple of trump cards, maybe show your hand, and like, oh shit. Like fucking three aces out of four there, looking pretty good to me. You know, that will stem the bleeding. In fact, it does the opposite effect where now they get to make content like Overwatch 2 saved. Yeah. You know? You're you're actively conducting surgery in like the most intangible sense. Like the, you're you're actively repairing the community. You're not maybe necessarily bringing people back. At least not yet. But this is this is not only stemming the tide, but repairing a lot of those relationships that maybe were on the fence. No it, pun intended. <laughs> The fun part about all of this is, is like, you know, these guys are Blizzard content creators because they said soon we're going to find out and a week yeah. after we still don't know. <laughs> like, that's the most Blizzard stuff ever. Soon TM. Yeah. Soon yeah. TM. Yeah. yeah so no, I, I think I think Blizzard are cauterizing the wound a little bit. Yeah. And that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. I'm I mean, sure we, if they I'm sure if they had it their way, they would have waited longer to hold this meeting and talk about it. It's it it, it, well, yeah. it probably sounded a little weird, like with us releasing last week's podcast like two weeks, uh, two days later than we recorded it, because like at the time we said like how your content creators and how your pro player community talks about a game trickles down as like a general mm -hmm. mood and seeps down into like the community eventually, right? And like it's yep. just a snowballing effect, and it's it's interesting that like the day after we said this, they are pretty much doing something in order to get the snowball rolling into the to the other direction mm. and i think it is a smart move i it's it is just interesting because like why would you give that information to the content creators with more than a week removed of like you want to make them feel special right of course yeah you want to establish like a um a synergy of or, or like a relationship of trust it still hasn't leaked which is insane by the way as a measurement of trust in terms of um like those content creators there were so many let's mm -hmm. be can i There's be honest like yes you all signed the nda and unless your meetings were clearly like separated and the information was given out to you like in compartmentalized ways which by the information that you received you were were probably going to identify yourself sort of like as a double mole catching like mechanism which it probably <laughs> wasn't everyone's in the same call there's no identifying information like the ease of just going to a journalist as one of 50 creators and just saying this is what's up and like that coming out the fact that it didn't yet is actually like speaking volumes well, yes, as well i can tell you this much and you know i i gotta be careful here because i don't want to i don't want to reveal any names because i don't want to get anybody in trouble but like i've talked to certain people in the past um and you know certain creators in the past about things where yeah i mean they sometimes they have leaked me stuff sometimes i did get some insider info and yep. obviously i'm trustworthy because i haven't fucking said anything right i've there's been heaps, there's been so much things that i i've never said yeah uh so things will reach me and it will fucking stop there and it will, won't go any further than that yes and you know there's been but here's the thing is like they've been happy i've i'm not gonna say they've been happy but like there's been stuff where like 
yeah, there's there's stuff I've found out that could easily have gotten them in trouble that they trusted me with. But it's not that they don't trust me with this new information. It's just like they are so the relationship, whatever the relationship that you just described with Blizzard in terms of their trust developed between the content creator and Team Four now, it's so strong that like, yeah, no, they wouldn't even leak to me. Even even people that have leaked other things to me didn't leak this to me. So I still don't know. Did like, you did you um, just inadvertently no. share that if if you might be knowing, but Joe and I wouldn't know? Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> God. Oh my God. It, it's so deep. Oh, it, it, this could mean anything. Ah! <laughs> he's, he's on the other side, guys. Oh, dude. How many layers of Inception Deep are we? Oh my Are we on the beach now? Oh my God. What's going on? Um, no, what I'm saying is like, you know, there's like, it's, it, it's that strong. The bond is mm -hmm. that strong on the whole no leak thing. That like even people that have told me other stuff before that could have gone into trouble, yeah. they they've not leaked this to me, right? So it's just like it's it's that powerful. And I'm not saying like I expect them. I expect this. I don't have some like mole that just leaks everything to me. I'm not like going around seeking out the information either, right? But mm. I'm just saying like you know, people, people talk, okay? People, people talk. talk, but also you have to also understand this. People people talk more when they're disgruntled. Yeah. So when you have people that are like, they don't like the game, they don't like the direction, they don't like things about it, yeah. they're probably more like, oh yeah, would you believe this happened kind of deal. Mm. But when people are happy about it and people like, they are more, you know, they're positive about it, then they're, you know, they got that trust back, which yeah. that's, that's that, that tells me two things. It's one, it's so good that their mood about it has changed, right? Mm. And two, that the relationship is so strong that um, everyone's tight fucking lips, extremely tight lips, yeah. hasn't leaked to a journalist. Oh, I yet, and I mean, <laughs> not yet. I mean, who knows? But no, it hasn't. Because yes, because you said like it's so. Yeah, yeah it, it could be like fifty. It could be like fifty fucking people in that call. Who knows? Like any yeah. one of them could leak, but no one has. So it's it's very it's very well managed. Or it's very trust very trusted. Everyone mm -hmm. trusts the process. Which is which is a sign, a good sign. So yeah, as as much as this was kind of a nothing burger, oh, like it, it does, yeah, it it's it's something you have to talk about. It's, it's it's real. It is as as unreal as it is, because yeah. there's literally nothing that's been said. There's so much there's so many flies that they all can't be wrong, right? Like has, it it can't has to be real. This is what I'm going to finish this topic off with as we're going to move on uh, finally from it um, because we, you know, we are reaching the end of it because this is, this is like a long-ass time talking about something that we know nothing about, which yeah. is funny in its premise, but th that's not the point, though. I think the point is not like, what is it? I, I, people, this might be a weird thing for me to say, and people might not understand what I'm saying when I say this, but like, I don't actually care what the thing is because I know I'll find out when I need to find out, mm -hmm. right? Whether yep. that's someone maybe leaks to me, which I don't think they would, or the full announcement comes out and I can be happy about it. So I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with not knowing for now. I don't need to know what exactly yeah. the details are. What I do want to know, what I am interested in, the, the primary thing, my top priority is wanting to know if it's real. Yeah. That's it. And that's the answer I got. So that that's why when I talked to anybody about it, all I wanted to know was, is this real or are you fucking pulling my leg? That's all I care about. Yeah. And if it's real, I don't actually care what it is because I know I'll find out eventually and that's yep. fine. Yeah. Enjoy the movie trailer. Also, the movie's coming out. Keep in mind, like it's a little different for like us here on the podcast, and it probably is for you listeners. Oh yeah, of 
like with the exception of the incentives that, by the way, like maybe slight uh, side tangent, but <laughs> like up. all of our listeners are good, insiders. Yes, actually, like, <laughs> a good ten percent of you probably are in the Overwatch League in some capacity, but um, which like I frequently hear. So thank thanks for, uh, to you guys for, or for listening, but um, it is very different looking at a game's release when you're mm-hmm. working that thing as a livelihood and your career depends on it doing well. It is a different experience for sure. It's like, you know, like if I look at my favorite games that I play recreationally, like patch notes, I'm a big, like mildly annoyed. It is not going to threaten me putting food on my table. You know, like it's, it is a fundamentally different experience. Okay. Well, that being said, we're going to move over to some discussion about players. Jenks, we're actually going to talk about Path of Pro first, and then we're going to talk about the players, because there's been only a few movements in players, mm. and the player movements are all on teams we've discussed a lot about in the past, so yep. those probably aren't going to be super long. Uh, again, if you're waiting for those, and you, and you really just want to get to that and nothing else, just go down to the description and find the timestamp, and happy days. Uh, post Path of Pro first. Now, we had a comment from uh, Damaku, who leads the Path of Pro team, and um, I say comment, it's, it's, a, it's an update, it's a, uh, a message to the community. It literally says an update from the Path of Pro team, is the title. Um, and so we're going to go over some of the details in that, and talk about Path of Pro for 2022 and Overwatch as well, um, and what we think the whole Overwatch 2 thing is going to, how it's going to impact. So the gist of the update um, is that Overwatch containers will continue in 2022. That's the most important thing, because I think we had some questions like, is there even going to be one? I had that question. Is there going to be one? There will be one. And it will continue for the same regions, Australia, China, Europe, Korea, and North Korea. Did I say North Korea, North America? Sorry, that was a Freudian slip. I didn't mean that at all. That was a bit of a weird Freudian slip. Um, South Korea and North America. There we go. Clear that up. Mm. And uh, volume of activity will be roughly the same as 2021 with the similar amount of events, matches, broadcast hours, and land opportunities. Um, if you want to be snarky, you could be like, <laughs> similar amount of land opportunities, so zero, but that's COVID-related, <laughs> right? So that's that's, that's COVID-related, obviously. Uh, I my If you... The real assumption you should make off that, and the way you should read it is and interpret it, is land opportunities from 2019 pre-COVID. Yes. So probably a showdown, probably Hopefully. a gauntlet. Um, yeah. And at, at minimum, if there's no land land, I expect them to come back in an online fashion, right? Surely, surely you got to do that. Continued on, um, they're still solidifying their plans, obviously because COVID is an ever-evolving situation. As is the Overwatch 2 situation is ever evolving, I think, as well. Um, Dan did say they expected he expects contenders to start later in the year than previous seasons. That to me actually potentially lines up with maybe an Overwatch 2 access beta kind of thing. If you read between the lines, just saying. Um, and then also we are exploring ideas for meaningful competition ahead of our primary path to pro schedule. So potentially tournaments so i do know and this has already been kind of publicly said you do have to dig through reddit to find the comment but thibble dork who um does socials for florida mayhem did mention that they were doing another mayhem classic 
before the start of Overwatch League 2022. So that is technically a path to pro event that that will take place before Contenders begins again. So that that's one of those things when Dan says meaningful competition, I would include Mayhem Classic into that. Uh, but he doesn't specifically go into detail about, I think the biggest question is, will Contenders be played on Overwatch 2? That is not answered. Uh, probably a smart thing not to say because you don't want to commit just yet because dates can change, things can change. You don't want to say you are going to do it and then you can't do it. It's not up to you, right? It's at the end of the day, the dates and the schedule, the timing has to line up there and all the things have to work out. You want to keep it open. You want to keep it ambiguous so that if you're forced to play Overwatch 1, I guess you play Overwatch 1. But if you get the chance to play Overwatch 2, then you do get to play Overwatch 2. Like you said, like as this flanks our, our Overwatch 2 hopium, it does, and maybe I'm just catching fumes from that topic, but it does feel like there is something tangible that people are going to be able to play if this is going to be a real thing, because it, it would be such a jarring experience. And I think Carter goes in depth to this in the Reddit comments, um, asking a lot of questions, um, obviously some of which are so difficult to be answered that, you know, it, it's hard yeah. to warn a response. But, you know, it is a jarring experience to have like the 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 amateur division that's supposed to be the talent pipeline playing a completely different game than the the, the pro circuit. The fact that we do have an announcement coming out saying, yes, there will be contenders. Yes, there will be games played. Um, it doesn't remove the possibility of that happening, but it does feel like there is more to this than we're just going to play Overwatch 1, right? Like, is it part of the year? I don't know. Like, it, it's, it is bizarre. I'm happy that it is here, first and foremost. I'm happy that Contender still exists because, again, yeah. like Avril said, that was a concern. Like, if, if Overwatch 2 is being delayed, if, you know, the game's taking too long and we're not getting, like, a public beta for months at a time, Contenders can't exist, period. And that would be really sad to see but understandable with, you know, the current state of the game, if things are a lot more optimistic, which we now kind of soft know from the content creators, maybe that signals, you know, an active con or not uh, an active like client to actively be played actively. It has to be. It, uh, it has to be that they would like to play it on Overwatch 2. That's the only course, yeah. legitimate reason to delay. Because if you just wanted to play Overwatch 1, you, why would you delay? Just play now. Just yeah, exactly. take January, February, play game, done. Easy. Yep. So if you really want to read between the lines, it's not that they are committing to Overwatch 2. If they were committing, they would just say, we are yep. committing to Overwatch 2. Because Overwatch League said that. It's that they are seeking the priority of wanting to play on Overwatch 2, but leaving enough space open from a PR perspective to back away from that and go back to Overwatch 1 if that ends up being how things work out. Maybe, again, things go wrong and they can't play Overwatch 2 for Path of Pro, then you're going to have to backtrack and play Overwatch 1. Or there's not going to be a Path of Pro. Like, what do you want? Do you want there to be what? Do you want there to be an existing contender's Path of Pro with Overwatch 1 or nothing at all? Like, pick your poison, right? So it's got to be, you know, if that's what it ends up having to be, it's what it ends up having to be. And the reason why you don't, specifically talk about overwatch 2 yet because you don't want to lock in anything it's very dangerous to lock in when you're not sure yep. so don't lock in smart thing from the team to not lock in but again reading between the lines i can very much see that the intention is they would like to play on overwatch 2 mm. yep 
Yes, the only question will be, you know, how long is that delay? Because you know, right. it's a delay. What are we talking? May? Well, let's forget about May. March, April, May, <laughs> yeah. June, July. Like what? What yeah. is the delay? Because it could be an entire season. It could be like, hey, season one skipped. Sorry, we're not going to do season one because we're waiting for Watch Two Beta. Yeah. Right? That that could legitimately then, be a response. Yeah. Even then, I think that that's like a positive. Like, yeah, you skip a season. Okay, that sucks. Obviously, that's not ideal. But the the experience of being able to tangibly showcase practice, even if you're looking at it from like a player's perspective, like the fact that I'm playing Overwatch 1 with completely different heroes. We're looking at tons of reworks. We've seen, mm. you know, Bastion with his hat. I'm playing Bastion without yeah. his hat. How can, how can somebody yeah. judge me without unplayable. my hat, right? Unplayable. Simply unplayable, right? My immersion. Um, but yeah, it, it's not it's not a similar experience. The 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 talent pipeline gets completely undermined, um, and it's a and it's a mess. Even from a PR perspective, when you go into maybe sacri- you know tanking a year, not a year, but like a season, going into season two, maybe that has the beta applied to it. I think it's like a necessary evil or, to kind of have a healthy ecosystem. I actually got a counterpoint. Well, not a counterpoint. Okay. I actually got something to add to that, Joe. Sure. An effective alternative to do strategically, if you know you can't play Overwatch 2 for Season 1, you should just start Season 1 on Overwatch 1 and then start Season 2 on Overwatch 2. Right. Legitimately. I think that's, that's the response. Th- that should be the response. I mean, the fact that it isn't, at least not yet. Well, it could be uh, the response. It could be the response. Be. We don't could know be. yet. I think, again, I think the intention is to play the entire year on Overwatch 2. Right. Failing that, the next best thing you can do is split the two seasons up into Overwatch 1, Overwatch 2. And then failing that again, you just do two seasons of Overwatch 1. Right. And yeah, I mean, it does, it, there is no specific set. And that's, that's what's really bizarre to me. And that's what leaves me kind of skeptical is the fact that, like, why wouldn't you just say, okay, our first season's gonna be on Overwatch One, and then past that, we're not sure. Like, no, no, why? no, because they don't want to commit to that because they can. They, there's still an option to do sure. season one of Overwatch Two. Yeah, I just explained why it's not bizarre. Like, it's because you don't want to commit to something when it's still a work in progress. Because then, when you get to play Overwatch One, and sorry, when you get to play season one of Overwatch Two, mm-hmm. then it's like, yeah, we get to do that. You don't. Why would you commit to anything before you actually know? You don't. Now the, yeah. the problem is that it does hurt uh, the scene for sure, right? Like, it has implications on how uh, certain teams allocate resources, who stays, mm-hmm. who doesn't. Um, and it unfortunately probably already has cost uh, things. So, it's... Say it, Yuska. Who? Say it. <laughs> I, I, like, for instance, I mean, British Hurricane, right? Um, I'm not sure, like, that that entire structure probably never made more sense than it does now for them. Because, like, now they are legitimately have a contenders team that feeds into the all-main team. Right. So, like, let, let's be honest... Having a contenders team in order to sell players and recuperate costs there was never going to work for any team. No. That maybe works for some Korean teams that already don't pay great salaries and um, like can can ask for pretty high prices, right? That like it it was never going to be more opportune. But if you don't have enough information, I ex- imagine like I actually don't know, but that probably didn't make it easier because like who knows when they got. 
Like, are you going to pay contenders players like a living wage six months for a game that they're not going to compete in? That yeah. makes does make sense. The only thing that you could do as the Spitfire is like go like, well, you now are in uh, you're guinea pigs and you get beaten. We we're running legitimate drills against you, um, and we can try strategy and rollouts and like really like specialized practice, which no other team is really doing to that degree. That could be something like where you say okay, but at that point, like you just have like a glorified bigger all roster. It's probably a little bit less expensive, but not even mm. um, significantly so. So it is unfortunate. I, I, the thing is, like, if you, if you can tell, let's, let's say, okay, let's say that information that we uh, talked about earlier, mm. like, you know that for a while, you probably want to tell certain people at the highest level you can trust to keep that to the chest in order for them to make economic decisions. decisions. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, if that information was also already available mid-November, who knows if the Hurricane are making the same moves, right? It's possible. We don't know. I can't imagine. I think contenders in general is difficult to be in. Um, just bottom line. As a team, you mean? Yeah, it, it's tough. I, I, I don't know that many teams can warrant the spending, if I'm going to be completely honest. I, I, and I, that's no, speculation can't. on my behalf, right? I don't it's, think it's any tough. team can warrant the spending, to be no, honest with you. At least not right now. And that's why it feels like it's just a symptom of like this power off and on cycle that as, you know, positivity, you know, ushers in with Overwatch 2, maybe we can come back to this and maybe Hurricane can come back and Funi can come back and Mayhem can come back. You know, all of these teams can come back once this the system is healthy. Once we, we get back on our feet, once everything, you know, is, is all the hopium has been fulfilled, then we can revisit this. But as it stands right now, it's, it's hard to be in contenders, at least like heavily financially. It's tough. Which is and it has been for a while. Props to Cloud9 and, you know, mm -hmm. Nuke and uh, London Spitfire for being in contenders as long as they have. And, you know, if you start to look at the history of British Hurricane now, absolutely, factually speaking, one of the most successful tier two teams not even just academy just all tier two of yeah. all time so yeah. i mean yeah you have to you have to look at it through the lens of the fact that this team did so much and is so historied in tier two outlasted so many more teams and did so much more um than any other well than most other tier two teams ever did mm. so yeah celebrating the life of british hurricane and it says indefinite hiatus I think it's important that um, you could say that it's just PR speak for like it's dead, guys. It's dead. It's just <laughs> different hiatus. Is just this. It just it means it's dead. But you could also read into being like, look, if Overwatch Two comes out, it does well, and part of the pro is is a reasonable thing to invest back into. I could see British Hurricane coming yeah. back. You know? I think we can all see that. So, um, maybe in the future. But I know it's well, it's definitely a cost for Cloud Nine, and Cloud Nine have been trying to pull back you you that's you I mean you can just see that by the london spitfire roster yeah. and how you know all of that uh how that roster has evolved in terms of its direction and budget and everything else mm. um but for now you talk about Fooney, by the way t1 is currently the academy team of philadelphia future true, yeah. true. i'd be interested in knowing if t1 is staying or not i'd be interested in knowing if gen g is staying or not yeah. um if they don't i get it but if they do that actually would be kind of pog that would actually give it some good news. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I think they get more out of staying because 
the majority of tier two players going to the Watch League do come from Contenders Korea. Far fewer of them come from NA and EU. Um, and, and fewer than NA is definitely EU. EU has less mm. promotions than NA. Uh, and British Hurricane are mostly selling to... <laughs> they're not even selling. They're just kind of passing players up the pipeline to London Spitfire, right? Yep. So, yeah, I, I mean... I think my big, like, question, and it's not like a, a pointed one, it's not aggressive or defensive in any way. I, I'm genuinely curious on, like, lo the logistics of an esports organization partnering uh, with, like, some sort of collegiate system, whether that be, like, a college itself or a collegiate program to kind of offset, you know, the, the cost of contenders. I don't know if that's even feasible. It's a shot in the dark. It would be kind of interesting because it does seem like that's the natural progression. And it always has been um, for at least North American esports. I won't comment on European because I think like their amateur like uh, yeah. what what's Valorant calling it? The uh, like the regional leagues. What I don't remember what challenges. Right. Yeah, challenges. it's 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 challenges. something more regional based, like where there's like a French league and there's a Spanish league and there's a German league. Right, that seems more indicative of success but in Europe. I will, I'll stop but, you there real quick as well yeah, because I, if the analogy also breaks down when you consider that VCC challenges also mm. include the teams that go to world, go to the champions. Right, it's challenges includes your sentinels and your and your fucking gambits and stuff like that. So it's like <sighs> it would be that their quote unquote tier two includes mm. the quote unquote tier one teams. So it's it's different. It's it doesn't so work the same way as far as the analogy goes. So. The analogy does break down. Uh, I wouldn't use Valorant as a comparison here for Overwatch. Wasn't there? I mean, Next, it's, so it does it's not. by yeah, having Overwatch sure. teams play tier two teams. <laughs> huh? I mean, maybe you could now. I don't know. Maybe something's changed at the top that like you could actively like have like an invite system. Maybe not everybody comes, but some of the teams come and they compete. And it's not like this big open secret that like some of the teams are just better than. Well, here's what you're supposed to do if you have a full like an open third party tournament where both overwatch league teams and non-overwatch league teams competed that'd be kind of pog I, you'd have to make it attractive enough yeah. that overwatch league teams would want to compete in that despite the inherent risk of losing to a non-overwatch league team it, it presents itself right you'd have to make whatever benefit out of it worth the risk yeah. Um, because otherwise, Overwatch League teams are like why? Why would we want to enter a tournament that could tank our reputation? Even though <laughs> getting smashed in the Overwatch League by everybody could probably tank your it's reputation. Not much anyway. different. Yeah. Um, it will just tank it further. Like you know, you yeah. I, I get it. You want to stop the bleeding at least a little bit. Um, there's no point putting yourself in a position where you get kicked while you're down even further. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, I get it, but yeah, <laughs> British Hurricane. Going away does feel like an end of an era. It's quite sad, but Definitely. dare I say it's not hugely surprising. I think if British Hurricane were a team um, that Overwatch League teams not called London Spitfire were more eager to purchase from, mm. that would justify the team a bit more because people will now look at Uprising Academy and be like, well, how are they still around? Are they the next team to leave? But then you look at who, who you know, Uprising Academy have you know sold and done all that kind of stuff, and they've definitely had a bit of a better job, a slightly better job of moving players from Uprising Academy to other Overwatch League teams. Cause I'm looking through their past oh, yeah. players. I'm seeing Guangzhou Charge. I'm seeing Toronto Defiant. I'm seeing Florida Mayhem, right? Um, even Fusion University, you're selling to another Overwatch League team technically 
because that's an academy team, right? That's there's there's money involved. There's a trade being done there. Mm. Um, I'm seeing like gladiators. So yeah, I mean, uprising have certainly had more of a you know better playing field as far as financials goes for how they move players around. Yeah. Um, and if they stay in contenders in Pathpro next year, that will also be a very telling tale of how everything is. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's um. I'll say this about, you know, the leadership that Nuki brings and like the wording of that tweet in particular. I think she's the type of person I don't think she'd be too uh, bothered by me saying this. Um, she's the type of person that if there was an opportunity to come back, then she would pull the trigger 100 percent. Like that's her that's her baby. That's like her her project that she came up with and, and really put a lot of yeah. blood, sweat and tears into. So as much as it is kind of PR speak at the end of the day, it's kind of also not. Because if she's there, yeah. if she's in charge of that, if there's an opportunity, I think she wants to to bring that back at some point. So, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So, yeah, unnecessary cool. evil for contenders, but hopefully it comes with some success down the road. All right, uh, we'll keep our eyes on contenders and see what happens there. As I think we all agree that oh, tier two is important as for a Super. pipeline because. Yep. You consider how many players, 30-something, was it 36 players? Mm -hmm. I can't remember. 30-something players uh, were, were promoted from contenders to Overwatch League going into next season. And that's with all rosters, pretty much all rosters across the board, cutting down players as well. And still that many people from contenders um, made it forward. So enough it's about that, though. We're gonna... It's something, real quick, well, something that we really do well in Overwatch that I think the scene in general needs like commendation for is that we do bring up rookie talent very well. A lot of success stories. And they have very Old, good rookie talent. Yes. It's it's very successful integrations into these teams, at least for the most part. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it, I mean, as in esports as a whole, we do a really good job. That's that's part of it. It is also because a lot of people just retire that's also true. early and make space. Also. So uh yeah. Definitely. A lot of people get washed quickly as well. I think yes. like, I don't know who said it. Um uh, some pro said it, it might have been Hydron in your interview actually, Jessica. They were saying, like, Overwatch is the type of game that you need to be like grinding and playing constantly to yes. remain good at, and you can't take it easy. Um, yeah. it's a very hard game to, to remain at the top. I feel like you, I feel like this, yeah, that's why you can get washed in Overwatch really quickly and why people retire or why, yeah, they get shoved out of the league because they're just not good enough sure. anymore, yeah, um, for sure. But even then, that. The argument still stands that the rookies coming up are pretty good. You, you know, the, there's some rookies don't some rookies don't turn out well, but I would say most of them do. You can't expect every rookie to turn reasonable. out well. Yeah. Yeah. The percentage of them that turn out well is definitely above fifty percent. It's high. greater than the percentage that don't. Mm. Okay, we are going to move on. We're going to talk yes. about some. We, speaking of rookies, we're going to talk about some rookies now. Uh, I brought up the uprising and how, you know, they've been sort of shifting players around and selling a bunch through different Overwatch League franchise teams. Mm. One of those teams. Is the Toronto Defiant finale was yes. announced to the team? Did we talk about finale already? I think we did. We did talk about him last week, but so yes, finale got. So we're not going to talk about finale again. We are going to talk about a different player though, mm. um, sitting you. next to finale because this finale, despite the name, wasn't the final piece of the puzzle for Toronto. They actually got another player called Although. And what's funny is I I had a bit of a speech about Although last week, and then as soon as I do that, not saying I had anything to do with this, but like. Or I didn't even know, by the way. I didn't. I didn't do it because I knew or anything. It was a surprise to me as well. But just fun coincidence that, like, you know, that was the episode I talked about. Although, and then he get picked. He gets picked up straight away. And I was like, dude, how is this guy still in the market? 
Mm. And Toronto probably Toronto would probably ask the same question, like, holy shit, this guy's still on the market. <laughs> so they see got Avril, him. you 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 know, at the start of the show, you called yourself a quarterback, and I appreciated that throw. Um, I'd I'd maybe see you more as like a Taysom Hill. You like scramble a lot, you're kind of like running all around, like you're doing a lot of these, you know, you're you're very agile in your speech. So I think you, you know, that has to be as as agile as that throw was, I think that was that was very impressive. The uh the mental footwork you had to do to kind of get us to to all though. I think that was that was well done. I appreciate that. Yeah. And we I got I got all, you know, I have all these like linesmen running at me. Is that who mm-hmm. runs at me? I think so. Uh, my, I think so. my pocket is instantly broken. I gotta do a bit of a tap dance <laughs> to get around, but I do that. I I get there. Um because you're right, so, Aldo, like, is, you've been talking about this kid forever. Like, where is Aldo? He needs to be picked up. Uh, next to him is maybe Otto. I know they sound similar, but they're not. Um, so, like, for, like, a, a TLDR, like, to kind of explain who he is, is, did he not play on London? I, yeah, he, he did, did play okay. on London. He did. Like, what's changed? Because he definitely never jumped off the page. He still, I think people just forgot about him. Okay. I just forgot about him. Um, and I'll clear up something. Not, not that I have to do much clearing up, but I'll just like speak to my tweet because I made a tweet about Aldo and I said like, hey, if you haven't seen him since London, you're probably in for a big surprise. Um, and I think Josh, the sideshow, mm. uh, when he looked at that tweet, he was like, oh, you know, is, is Avril maybe downplaying all those uh, capabilities on London and all this? I mean, not at all. I think, you know, he was one of the better looks on London, but it's more so that I think a lot of people look down on those London players. So I'm addressing the people that probably look down on the London players because of their poor performances in 2020. Um, and I think a lot of people just forgot about Aldo because they're like, yeah, it's that guy from that failed London team. You know, no one cares about those guys, right? Yeah. Unless their name's Glister, because Glister continued his career. The rest of them kind of didn't. They all dropped back into contenders. Mm. And props to them, by the way, because like pretty much all of them dropped back into contenders and they continue their careers um jmac obviously went on to do coaching and he's on paris now so a lot um, of them are finding success now that i look at this team yeah it's there's still a lot of them still around they're there. actually like all pretty good players yeah. as well they're all decent players um but all the really stood out for me this year mm. as someone that was still like really decent like really really good actually and when he when i get to look at his pov and i inspect his mechanics i'm like jesus this guy can do some nasty stuff like really crazy stuff. I actually think he's better now than he went when he was on London. I think okay. he's improved because, I mean, people you, you ideally people improve over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also I got do. to play alongside proper and then against proper as well. So there was some decent stuff going on there. He was part of O2 Blast. His contract actually technically still belonged to O2 Blast even while he was loaned out to BM Hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this guy, the guy's straight up pounds. Like he really is an incredible player. Uh, and he was super overlooked. I think I even overlooked him slightly because he wasn't on like my super high tier list. Sure. But when I started to see all these names fly off the page and go to join teams, I suddenly noticed although it was still available, I'm like, yeah, that's right. What the fuck? Why has this guy not been picked up yet? He's still like a really strong player. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, Toronto, We I think we talked about this last week. Toronto is like, you know, we, we all kind of felt like Toronto was yeah. still kind of missing. Like, oh, I don't know how good we feel out finale. Is this really, is this team kind of you know is it derailing a little bit here you know is it losing steam started strong oh yeah you got the twilight in there oh yeah kept he's in there oh looking pretty good chorong's a top rookie as well you probably paid too much but you're still a top rookie you know all that kind of good stuff 
Mm. But now, I think with all those joining the roster, it's like, actually, we we're back on the rails. We're back. That train is moving along full steam currently because I don't know if I don't know how good Fulani is going to work out for the team, but I can see although Hisu is a juror being phenomenal. Yeah, it seems like that's and it's strange. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but looking through some of these games uh, as you were talking, it looked like although was more of like a flex tracer, somebody who can play a little well, bit of projectile. All flexes are basically tracers now as well. You're expected well, to have a yes, tracer. Yes, it's demanded to be. Part, yes, okay. it's now demand. It's now part of the hero pool. But his his tracer is phenomenal. His tracer mechanics okay. are, are, are really tasty. Uh, and then he's got the rest of the projectile normal flex picks as well. Which is which is fantastic because it seems like finale. If again, my memory serves me, um, did have some substitution questions when it came to UA and and their contenders run. So to your point, it, it's an interesting take on the three DPS model because it feels like most teams are going for like a dedicated hit scan, whereas yeah. finale seems a little bit more projectile focused. Um, and I also I think the you know. When you look at the roster as well, all three of them play Tracer, right? Mm-hmm. My personal take is that I think all those Tracers should be the best one of the three. Probably. I yeah. think so. I never because really rated Hisu all that high, but... Yeah, well, I don't... Played it, I, but... Yeah, I think... I still see Hisu as more of like a hard hit scan with a Sombra. Yep, exactly. Um, But all those Tracer is like... It, it makes me feel some type of way, you know? Okay. It's got that very special sheen to it that like a mark of a really elite tracer has and i'm like there's some there's something special going on here you know mm. when i when i'm looking at raw mechanics when i'm just simply looking at raw mechanics how he moves how he aims how he manages cooldowns how he just does the good stuff mm. i'm seeing something special in there you know i'm not seeing like a guy that can just get the job done no i'm seeing like a true master at his craft like it's it's actually phenomenal okay. so, um i think he will be the tracer player on the team i think so Seems like it. Seems likely. Um, I, I know Eric, kind of our behind-the-scenes producer, um, did mention that it seems like the the messaging was that Toronto's pretty much done for 2022. Do we kind of want to talk about like the roster as a whole? I mean, Maybe how we feel about g- it. Give me like one thing. I can, guess I can say. Yeah, is, go ahead. You know who would have been a good tracer for this team? Striker. Leave. <laughs> freaking yaki my friends oh okay yeah yeah and i think that was that was very likely to be an agent that they were interested in and okay. i think like generally speaking if you like look at that roster right mm-hmm. and put yaki in there how different do you feel about it very different instead of who instead of all that although i think yeah, yeah. Is it I mean I feel great I feel great about it, but like I feel like I'm one of the few people that really knows all those capabilities mm. from having watched him. I don't feel worse about having all those instead of Yaki. I don't think to me that's not a downgrade. I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's crazy. I just feels yeah. like a hot take. Yeah. Maybe it, it is a hot take. It's a hot take to everyone who hasn't seen the footage I have. Exactly. Right. Not not everybody spent the same amount of time with him, so it feels like okay, we have this known quantity and somebody who played for London like way back when, and it's like whoa, okay, how like this must be like some some good shit if we're comparing it to Yaki because we know Yaki. Now, 
It wouldn't surprise me if Aldo was the third choice. You know who was also a pretty good tracer? Leave? The K. <laughs> yeah, I Say mean, the name again. Uh, Say the okay. name again. There it is. Right? That, for all the audio listeners that are just like, man, Avril just talked over him. I didn't hear what he said. Uh, so the K is who you said. Yeah, that uh, puts some meat to the bone. Both of those players were considered for Toronto during this offseason, right? Like, mm. and, um, like, for one reason or another, it didn't work out. Um, and, yes, I don't know too much about Aldo, and I'm, I'm happy to be surprised. But, mm. like, for instance, like, think about Yaki being in here. Like, there's, yeah. there's a, a, a solid, like, runaway connection there, right? Theoretically speaking. Sure, yeah. Um, like, I think there's the, another connection that he wants to chase, but... I, I understand that you maybe don't want to invite the K in here. Um, because, like, at some point... Like, if it's, if it's, like, in glass, he wasn't a problem. We know that, or that's at least what we've been told. Then he has been a problem sure. in uh, in Dallas. We know that. that that's what we've been told. Yep. Now in Washington, we don't know, but like, don't know. if they let him leave, unless Toronto is dropping a fad bag, um, like which I, they I have been, which they have been, like, there's probably a reason why they would do, do that. They didn't, so we can't necessarily read anything out of the situation. But th then again, like, bottom line being, there's probably a good reason why, um, like, Decay was considered. Um, and of course, like, maybe the Justice didn't want to sell it, it outright. Possibly. Like, absolutely possible. Possibly. Like, you could even say that the messaging of Grant, uh, like, suggests as much. In terms of like saying, okay, let me shut down this rumor. It's not going to happen. Now, mm -hmm. does that less um, message imply that it was never going to happen? I don't know. And I actually didn't follow up on that particular piece of information and ha have limited uh, behind the scenes information. Right. Bottom line being, I think this team could have been great, and it didn't end up making the cut for me. Mm. Right. Um. So. I'm a little skeptical of the tank line. I think we're do doing Muse a little dirty most of the time, just because like sure. he so unceremoniously was discarded uh, from Glads, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, uh, his Ryan was so bad, and like that's he killed Moss' career. Look, he has a murder <laughs> weapon. Like, you know, like it, it sort of. How like, is it Muse killed Moth and not like skewed? I don't know how that narrative embedded, but. Well, it's it's the double fake that skewed. They, they both had a, they both had a hand in it. You know, we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about the Knights Watch here when they you know every guess, single yeah. person yes. stab at Jon Snow. They you know Muse came in and is like, what was what did I say for the Watch or some shit? And then and then skewed comes and says for the Watch, and they both twisted at the same time. You know, and the pay comes and says yeah. it's for the Watch. You know, they just keep going. They keep going. <laughs> now the, the the thing is, good thing that they uh, they didn't do it that they had to do it with daggers and not hammers because we know Muse can't handle a hammer for shit. That's very so, true. Well I feel said. like that I feel like that's so kind of fucking reputation. I think I think it's been overblown. Let yes, me clear it has. up something. Yes, it has. People, that was people, definitely... 
after that, people were like, oh my god, Muse is, he's fucking, he's got to be completely garbage yeah. at Ryan. Like, he must yeah. be the worst Ryan in the world. Like, guys, it's not that binary. He's yeah. allowed to be league average at Ryan, and that's allowed to be not good enough. Because guess yes. what? When you're up against, when you're up against fucking Super and, and Gator and some really fucking insane GOATS teams yeah. in Maybe North America, just don't do that. having yeah. a league average Ryan is just not going to be good enough. It doesn't mean he's fucking garbage. It just means he's not good enough to one, not one, one he's not good enough to face up against Gator. Because well, and guess what? Most fucking tanks aren't good enough, mm. as as shown clearly. Yeah. So no, no, it's a completely that's reasonable. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I understand where the 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 narrative comes from. I think even even when we talked to Depay, it's sort of like shimmered through it. I don't think he meant it that way. It was more like if you have the best brig in the game, you probably want to uh, play brig, right? That's that's more yeah. the thing. And uh, let's not forget, like. Muse also played the ball pretty well, so like it just makes sense and at that point, right? So like all of this is fine. I don't like once again, I don't care too much. Like if you have one good tank, whatever's with the the other, like Hotbar can right. now just focus on like whatever other picks you need. I don't know. Like such a weird situation with the tank roll that I don't know what to think of it yet. Uh, but I think the rest mm. is pretty solid. I think Okay, let, let me ask you this, uh, Arrow. How good is Sharong, actually? Really fucking good. I know we like to make fun of, like, it's a the price tag that no one knows oh, about. Yeah, too. Uh, but it's like a fun in-joke at this stage. Uh, people must think it's like a million dollars or something. It's nah, actually it's five million dollars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, it's more so along this. It's okay. It's not. It's not a price of vacuum. Let me clear something else. It's not a price of vacuum. Grayson, I'm sorry if you're watching this. It's not a price of vacuum. It's the combination of price and then mm-hmm. kind of where everyone's read on main sports is, because you're basically paying a lot of money for a position that is under a lot of uncertainty at this stage. Right, that's 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 what the conversation starter is. But Trong is a, he's I think the best main support rookie coming out of contenders this year. I truly believe that. People, oh, what about OG? No, no, no. Trong is going to be the best main support rookie coming out of um, contenders from this year. As then we'll probably watch Toronto lose to Atlanta or something. And then I fucking have egg <laughs> on my face and be like, oh, see, OG was better than Trong. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever, fine. Um. Yeah. First time Maybe. Atlanta beats, yeah. So to all g- I'm saying, yeah, keep going, yeah. All I'm saying is that Chorong, Chorong to me, I I said this when I was casting Chorong, and I said this by the way before this year, even last year, so 2020 containers, I said this as well. Chorong to me looked like the next coming of a of a new Lee Jagon type of player. Oh, right, right. Uh, as in like incredible Lucio mechanics, huge playmaking potential. Um, I was in Shockwave stream, and Shockwave, when he was in Korea playing Korean ranked, Shockwave said that Chorong was the best brig he'd ever played against. Flat out said that to yes. me. Yeah. Um, so I'm talking about like I'm talking about like a real prodigal main support that is just like an insane playmaker, super active on the field. This is how you know main supports are good. Mm-hmm. You see them and do shit, and yes. you're like, they're not just peeling for their flex. They're not. Okay, and people going to meme Animo. I, I spent a whole episode defending Animo. I'm like, yeah, he, he just he gets the job done. I'm just saying Animo is not a bad player. I'm not saying no, he's a he's great not. player. He's not. You want an example of a great player? Guys like Lee Jae mm-hmm. Guys like soon to be Chorong as well. Because he, to me, has a lot of the same aspects and has a lot of the same, like, 
you know, if I looked at his rap sheet, like like a lot of the same like attributes that make for a good main support player who's really active on the field. Mm-hmm. And hearing that and placing him alongside somebody like Twilight, it leads to like a really interesting team dynamic that I don't know that many other teams outside of like the the the, the tournament winning, the league winning, you know, Shanghai, whoever else ends up being up there at the end of 2022. Twilight and Chorong both are incredible playmakers, it sounds like, right? From what Avril's saying, from what we've seen with Twilight in the past throughout his illustrious career. If we're if we're taking that as fact, if we're taking the fact that, you know, or I guess it's not a fact, but we're taking the idea that Overwatch 2 is a lot more mechanically demanding, um, yep. is going to leverage that a lot more. It puts Toronto in a really interesting position that a lot of people are putting a lot of stake into DPS playmakers where maybe they've they've slipped up a little bit when it comes to other roles that can also be playmakers as well i i wouldn't be surprised if we saw twilight and cho rong really be the spearhead for this team and doing a lot of the playmaking where the dps kind of are sitting back maybe a little bit more supportive you see a lot more sombra it, it makes a little bit of sense at least and you by the way you look at the decision making from toronto as well where they don't pick up another flex support why mm-hmm. I think they have the money to. Why do they not? Well, actually, maybe they rent. Maybe they've spent all their budget and they don't have the money. <laughs> sure. um, but no, I, I think my interpretation of that is that they have enough faith in Chorong mechanically that if it was expected that Chorong had to pick up a flex support, they're like, yeah, he could do it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and they do. Um, like I heard something followed up on it, and like, yeah, that that's basically the idea, right? Like they think that he's a fully blown main support, but he also can pick up like the brig and like theoretically also um can flex into bab and whatnot like mm. yeah. uh, he's literally a lee jay gone player exactly as i said or funny astro i think it's also a good uh sure. like type of like we haven't seen him on bab we can assume he's a pretty good brig um so we'll, we'll see right like i think it's it's uh it's going to be like i i'm not at all concerned about their backline mm. right I am a little concerned from their DPS line. Right. Now, I heard Finale was great in uh, scrims. Now, I can't hear that anymore. Like, uh, it's like being good in scrims and then why is this player not performing during the regular season when the other players we had the choice of actually, like, in real games had pretty good performances, but we didn't pick them up. Um, they had some pretty solid other trials, if, if the information I have was okay. And be, Finale mm-hmm. beat them out, so I assume he has to be pretty good. Um, but at the same time, I really hope this kid holds up in real-life matches. Then again, won't definitely have like a confirmation of that, given that he trialed on a game that isn't even going to end sure. up playing, so whatever. Regardless. But... Like- the fact that he played on UA and did well should give you some confidence. The issue, I think, with a lot of people is that it there is a lot of hero overlap. I think that's just inherent, um, but that could just be a strategic choice from the, the Toronto front office. And the fact that he, when he was on UA, he did kind of get subbed in and out, depending on the meta. So it's it's not like a lock. It's not like a, you know, finale's always going to be playing. It, it's just not the case. So, yeah, he might have done well in scrims and practice, but I don't know that it necessarily solves a lot of the, the problems. That, that Final thing. Maybe it's just me. Final thing. Three-year deals for all their <sighs> players? 
Was yeah. I, okay, did so, I read that correctly? Yeah. So the thing is, here's, here's what it means now to say three-year deal in the Overwatch League, right? Three-year mm -hmm. deal means now that's only guaranteed in the best of cases for the organization. Unless you yeah. tell me what the guaranteed long uh, contract length or like minimum amount of what you ha would have to pay the player in order to get them out of their contract is, it is practically meaningless for me to know how long you're actually going to stick with them. Yeah. So just to explain for people that might not be able to follow, I can offer someone a one plus two, meaning one year guaranteed, which isn't no longer guaranteed. No. And then, and I'm going to come to this uh, in a second. And then two years in a row, you can just like plus one him and then you have him for another season. This gives great optionality to the teams because they are the ones deciding if you're going to stay there next year or not, right? Mm. And your trade value goes up because your, um, your contract goes longer and all of that. Now, there's a second clause, which is, I think it became in with season four, yep. which was freshly introduced, which basically keeps teams from being locked into, like, jail of having to pay... Um, Full season contracts of players that are no longer really active. AKA the Dallas effect. Dallas, you could argue Houston. Not, not effect, not effect on Dallas because there's a player called effect. I mean, I mean all the Valorant players that were right. on Dallas playing Valorant while they were on the Overwatch League. <laughs> yes. Now, the minimum you have to pay someone in the Overwatch League is thirty days. That meaning, mm -hmm. I tell you, you are fired, and the minimum amount I have to pay you is one month of annualized um, salary, right? So one twelfth of your salary. Exactly. Now, I can negotiate in my contract, that is also allowed by Overwatch League rules, the duration of how much you have to pay me out when you want to fire me without me agreeing to be let go, right? Um, so, and that is undisclosed, and therefore we don't know. So all we know is... Toronto has the optionality, if this team pops, to have them around for three years. This doesn't yep. actually communicate necessarily that they are definitely going to have like roster stability for the next year because if they suck, presumably these guys haven't negotiated contract length, like three years guaranteed salary, right. and they're most definitely now stuck with each other. Right? So the three-year no. guarantee is... Toronto wouldn't have... Toronto would not have agreed to three years if the players negotiated, oh, you have to pay me the three years guaranteed. Yes. Zero chance Toronto would agree to that. So yeah. we pretty safe to assume it doesn't happen. That, what this entire, I don't know if I can call it a loophole, but that entire situation you're talking about where any team, no matter how long a player's been signed for, can say, yo, thank you, next, 30 days, pay you that money, see you later. Mm -hmm. Any team can do that. That's exactly what IGC did to the old NA Valiant roster before going to China. So we'll see. Um, we are going to move on now. And we're finally going to talk about, because uh, we already mentioned Uprising Academy. Uh, we're actually going to go back to the Uprising because we had some hot off the press news drop in yeah, the just, middle of a podcast recording. Yeah. And thank God we were late as well because we would have missed this. <laughs> this would have been, this is like last week where we talked about although, and then like he just like got announced. Except this week we didn't talk about Victoria at all, but he got announced anyway. So I'm just going to use it. I'm just going to use an example. I don't care. I'm, I'm breaking the rules, but I'm going to do it. Mm. Victoria has been promoted from Uprising Academy 
to the Boston Uprising, and presumably he replaces I'm 37, who got dropped. Yeah. 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 Yep. Seems like a good dedicated hit scan. Um, yeah. Seems good. I don't know too terribly much about him. Not a name from UA that really jumped out. Um, but I, at this point, I trust uh, the, that front office a lot, a lot more than I, I used to. I can definitely say that. If Baroy um, trusts them, I, I trust them, I guess. Yep. Baroy can come much. on our show and be like, yo, the org is pretty good. I'm like, I, I'll take your word for it. Yep. Yep. Um, can I be straight about one thing, though? This puts Stryker's position in a team in a really weird place, or at least Stryker and Valentine, not Valentine, Stryker and Victoria put themselves into a weird place right. where they're both hit scan players. So does this mean Stryker's like legitimately just a trace one trick now, or what? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of strange. Does Stryker play any hit scans anymore? Like, I guess we won't. I guess what they're really settled for is if we get a double hit scan meta in Overwatch 2, they're, they're yeah, going to be great. Very well but, be, to be fair, right? Certainly but possible, if it's a, yeah. But if it's a double flex, what are you going to do? Then you're screwed. That's why it's like, okay, when has that ever been a thing in, in Overwatch 2? Hey, I don't know. Overwatch 2 could be kind of uh, crazy. Kind of could, could be a little yeah, kooky. This, yeah. Tracer Echo is technically... Is technically... Right, uh, yeah. Technically, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, but that wouldn't be a problem to them. And, and yeah. the reason why I say this is because the teams, a lot of teams this year had a problem, especially the Chengdu fucking Hunters had a, this exact yeah. same problem with their Tracer play and their Echo play was the same, same dude. Right, yeah. And then, and then you don't have a second person that can play the other guy, right? Yeah. You're, you're, there's an issue because Tracer moved from hit scan to flex. So right. a, lot of, a lot of current, a lot more hit, current hit scans than previously don't have at least a good enough Tracer in the hero pool to, to pull it out. Some do, and if you do have a really good tracer in your hero pool and you're a hit scan, then that's super valuable. Yeah. So I guess maybe that adds the striker's value a little bit. Yeah. No, for sure. Like yeah. I, I think, like it, that specific combination wouldn't be a problem here. You just put Valentine and Echo striker on tracer, yeah. and you have that covered again, right? But yes, theoretically speaking, like we're getting a new game, it could absolutely be that we have one of the. Like, it's just, like, not very often that it happened that we had the double yeah. Uh, yeah. flex matters, right? Double like we, flex ever. Yeah. I, I feel like it, it must be, like, 2016 that we had, like, a Farah Genji thing or something, like, something weird <laughs> like that. I don't, even, I don't even remember that. Right. I don't have that one in my... Um, so, like, it's, it's, it's a much safer bet to go double hit scan and just, like, speculate that that's going to be a thing. In fact, hit scan was fucking useless this year. Yes. So, it, like, Hitscan got a hard deck this year, and, like, you know, we had the worst year ever for Hitscans, right. where, I don't know, it's hard, it's super, I think, I think, maybe Boston are okay with this decision, because Striker's Tracer exists, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So you can, Definitely. you can't be screwed by a Tracer Aircrow, be, simply because Striker's Tracer exists. Uh, and they can, and like, triply has... not be screwed. When you have UA to call somebody up, if there is some sort of weird, you know, meta that you haven't expected, like you can bring them up to two way and just let them play. I mean, anyone can bring anybody up on a thirty day contract. So that's true. Yeah, I mean um, that. I mean, but like, at least you know. I don't know. I mean, just like okay, so you're playing Tracer Ash, easy Striker mm. Victoria. You're playing Tracer Echo, Striker Valentine, right? Like you're playing uh, Tracer Ash, Ash or. Echo. Ash, Ash Echo, Echo. Was, a, was a legitimate comp as well, yeah. Right, that could could be the case. Then you're probably like Victoria playing Victoria Valentine, Valentine right? Yeah. yeah. So, it, by, like, you, you can only realistically plan mostly for the scenarios that are more probable to happen. Yeah. And I think they covered their bases here. 
Mm-hmm. I'm happy I'm with this pickup. I'm happy with this pickup. I think uh, I think Boston are very keen on shifting their own players up between this. Actually, again, I have to speak positively of Uprising Academy mm. because they not only sell to other teams quite successfully, but they're one of the few teams that does move players within their own org as well. Which, as an academy player, you got to feel good about. Also, you got to feel player. like you have a real chance. Hey, also a solid, solid player. Uh, Victoria itself. So not just like they're good at selling their talent, they also have very good talent, right? Mm. Well, you attract good talent by being able to have good success and sell good talent. I don't know. It's like, it's like yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah. Like ways, yeah. the more success you have, the more success you have. Funny that. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to Boston, actually. I think they're building an even stronger roster than what they had this year, which is great news for Boston fans. Oh. Uh, moving on, because we... We're going to get strapped for time soon. We'll make sure. this a quick one because you already talked about this, Yiska. Yep. But Decay is now confirmed, at least for the time being, to stay with the Justice. Right. It depends on how you want to interpret um, the specific wording from, I believe it's the VP of Esports from the Washington Justice. Correct. Um, is it Karen Thal? Did I say his name properly? Uh, Karen Thal? Just Grant. Yeah. Grant Thal? Grant, Grant's probably the easiest. We'll go with Grant. I, yeah, I just don't he, with Grant. He's he's the big dog. He's he's above pre the GM even. So yes. this is the guy. This is the guy that actually has to say. This is the guy that actually makes the call at the end of the day. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any th- thoughts on? I think like this, just like a good thing to just shut shoot that down, especially if it becomes comes from like these types of Twitter accounts. Just like shoot that out. Just give it a quick um, update. I mean, it, it, we know like that this has hurt some player careers and before, especially if they're expecting other offers, then mm-hmm. you probably wanna just like delete that from from the common discourse. Or also, if you wanna just like pacify whatever is happening within your team, it's a good move. So, yeah. Um, and I think the context here is I, I don't know the whole street, but it, I'm pretty sure this was like. The case going to Toronto, and then that did not up, end up happening. Just, just shut down any further rumors, right? You know, right. yeah. Um, it basically says that they're not shopping Decay around again for the time being, or at all for the time being until. But I do like that Grant did mention that it's like you never say never, right? Like, look, if something changes, maybe. But for now, Decay staying, as far as mm-hmm. we're aware, is what it is. So Decay stays. We're gonna. We I think we can even just officially say yeah. I mean the statement is the K stays. So there it is. Uh, everyone can now kind of shut up about the K moving away. He's staying. <laughs> Next, that wasn't too long because again we had already talked about that. Um, the big one, the big one. Patty has been officially announced for Glads. Ooh. Oh boy, my oh guy boy. just had a great run yeah. in Valorant Champions. One Look of the hottest fantastic. players there. Like. He eliminate he along with his team eliminated Envy as well, which is one of the top teams mm-hmm. in the world, um, and one of the last hopes of NA as well. So, yeah, I mean, for a minor region to eliminate a team from NA is no that's no small feat, and Patty is at the forefront of that. And I think when you look at his interactions with the other Valorant players there, they all have really high praise and respect for him as a player. So this guy is you know. He's no joke. He's a, he's a legitimate god gaming prodigy. 
that's just turned 18. And he was that even before yeah. he played Valorant and even before he turned 18. When he was a kid playing on Talon Esports and playing in contenders, he was he was a threat. This guy was a fucking machine. Sure. Ali, I'll do you one better, not to completely not to play one upsmanship, but I, I want to go back to even like Eternal Academy because now we're looking at this team in, in retrospect. We're looking at Muse, Patty, we're like the two big names kind of coming out of that team who really never really got to do much. Uh, for whatever reason, it still is a mystery. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this this old Paris kind of a contender squad is now to the degree of like a mighty AOD used to be where it's like if we had the if we had like a back to the future scenario and we had to like place bets on who was actually going to make it like this is one of those like talent laden teams. You had Patty, Suna, uh, Haffy, who I think just for whatever reason, couldn't make it, but I think definitely could. It had the skill to. Muse, CQB, and then coached by uh, Lori as well. Like, this is a this is an incredibly potent team who really never got the chance to, who was partially, again, led by Patafan. Somebody, to Avril's credit, came up, looked like a monster, was kept out by the age restriction, and is now finally coming back and, and joining uh, a former coach in face with the gladiators this is a a huge move super exciting and is is a narrative that i think is going to drive i think the 2022 season very very heavily we've only had players leave overwatch for yes. other games we we haven't had them come back so this is the the, the first high profile player returning because it's not just some schmo we're talking about like yep. a legitimate one of the best valorant players in the world coming over to our game instead of playing valorant you know what i mean like this mm. is this ain't a small deal at all. Like people got to understand how big a deal this really is, because um, yeah. Patty's talent is is well Very known. Yeah. And people, you, you've been sleeping under a rock if you don't know what I'm talking about. For sure. Now, yep. in, in sort of like to to promote out my own stuff. By by the time this releases, I don't think the first part will be still out. But like, I did an interview this morning with Face, and I talked to him about Patty, and like it's he has some. I had some interesting things to say as to why Patty decided to come back. And that also pretty positive stuff towards Overwatch. So look forward to that. But yeah, I think generally speaking, like that's, you, you can't really discredit that. And it is possibly the best time ever to come back, right? Mm -hmm. Like this game is becoming, uh, like it, everyone has to hard grind into, into the no once again. And, like he comes in with like a fresh pair of eyes and also like genuine excitement for this game. So we'll see. Like um I think I'm I'm pretty excited to see him. I think like he will be one of the better performers. He's also surrounded by a nutty DPS pool, right? Like with uh Ant and Kefster mm -hmm. around him. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Like it's it, it, there's a th theory that he could okay he, hot take like if other people can rival proper as uh and i'm not sure oh. if that's hot can rival proper as rookie of the season it is probably patapan patapan maybe just from narrative Ooh. but i don't know about that one chief i was i was literally going to make a comment on that cuz i did see somebody on reddit trying to like you know cipher through like the noise and find the signal because it does seem like patty is like at that same level 
but in a weird way it's like not close right avril i think you're probably the the expert in the room to talk on this like that these are the guy that's watched both their careers yeah. uh, for the longest amount of time and in the most depth on it um look i i think if you're wanting to compare players at their peaks mm-hmm. maybe but then even then like proper's peak is unbelievable because he's doing it now and whoever's picking right. now will always be better than people that peaked before right. because the game has always evolved and, and players are always improved and the competition's always evolved as well so the competition has mm-hmm. been improving throughout the years so peaking whatever players peaking at the modern at the present time is always better than the guy that was doing it in the past that's number one number two proper's what he brings to the table again i made this comparison i don't make it lightly i've only seen in one other overwatch player in the entire lifespan of the game and that's leave there's only two players that can do right. what those guys do and it's proper and leave right yes uh that's and i i make that comparison to a player that's never even been in the overwatch league yet mm. so again I, I don't make that comparison lightly you i'm not the guy you will never see me yo this is this guy is the fucking blah 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 leave and that guy's a blah blah leave i'm yeah. seeing some comments like that now i'm like no, bro. There's one leave, and there's the only other player that I can see anywhere close in the same vicinity is, is proper. Uh, and you can just shut up about any other player. There's no, there's no X and Y. Is this leaves like no, no. There's one leave. That's it. That's it. So you know, real slim, real slim shady. Please stand up, kind of feel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's do this then. Other imitators out there. Yeah. So so Let- to me, proper is like boom. At the t- He's also been playing the whole time. And Patapan has been, yeah. been valid. Right. I love Patty. He's a, at his peak. He was a great player, but. Patty got a lot of catch up to do. That's what like, I'm saying. I think like from from now, which is the only insight that matters really, I think you're completely right. Like it's you should consider Proper to be the more likely rookie of the year candidate. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're currently on your browser, please timestamp, put it in your you know, little bookmarks. You messed up your bookmarks anyway. We know you're hoarding your bookmarks. Like, there's no... But, like, try to remind us, like, let's say, first week of October, something like this, mm-hmm. and see, uh, like, who... um, Like, how that turned out and how far off we were in terms of... I, I think at least... Like I'll level with it, you. It it probably might feel like the no Pelican one, situation. No one cares enough to do that. <laughs> Unfortunately, no one cares enough to do oh, that. Oh, he's taunting them. That's the I'll, reverse I'll, psychology. Yeah. Very smart. <laughs> I'll level with you, Yiska. I think I think Patty <laughs> will be on the ballot, but he he earns the fearless award. Great player, is is voted for MVP way higher because of the narrative that this is like some crazy prodigal son right. returning home to the game. Right, like is good. Fearless was great this season, right? Nobody's going to argue that. But was he MVP caliber? No, obviously not. Yeah, no, I, I don't hate that. I, once again, like, if if I had, like, gun to my head, someone had to ask me, like, who's going to be a rookie of the year, I'm, of course, picking oh, yeah, of course. proper every time. It's probably, like, a, like over 50% I think chance, which is not sure. considering the amount of rookies that are coming in, but... Hmm. um. Like that fruit, yes, okay. That fruit is hanging so far to the ground. <laughs> the tree branch is at fucking 90 degrees and it's actually touching the floor. Just like, okay, so if you are currently making the bookmark and actually you're listening to this back, could you please frame the the Reddit thread when I'm eventually vindicated and just say, like, yes, I knew it all along and was fighting very hard for it? <laughs> That's got to be some what, sort of. What are you fighting training. hard for? This is brigading. What, what, We're gonna get banned. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, like in the th- in the thread, he just wants to be right. So okay, here, here's here's the clip. Here's the clip. 
Just clip this, put a little streamable link. Patapan is going to be the rookie of the year. Fuck proper. That's all you get. Okay. Really? <laughs> just clip that and then put Fucking me in the thread no. and then we can just like pretend I, I was cocksure like, the entire uh, time. <laughs> you're like the guy. You're like the guy that looks like betting odds. You're like, oh, bro, this team that's got like no chance to win. I'm betting on them. Because like damn, the the payout's fucking insane. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. where you're at right now. I respect the hustle because you know that, those are good odds. But shit, man, like <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I respect the hustle, hundred uh, percent. But no, I don't, don't. No one should take that as me thinking Patty's not a good player. I think he'll be a decent player. I just think like comparing him to someone that's like currently one of the top players in the game, in my opinion, and has been playing the game the whole time and has been playing the game at the highest level the whole time. Uh, because I'm going to be real. Contenders Korea, some of those sh teams absolutely destroy Overwatch League teams. It's not even mm. funny. Um, so when I say top level, I'm not, I'm not joking. It really is. Um, yeah, this guy, he's on, he's on point. Proper's on, he's, he's in practice, he's on point, and very likely to succeed. Mm. Uh, and we already saw that success with Pelican. Literally his fucking DPS duo. Now you get to see the other side of that coin. Yep. So, Patty aside, does anyone, does anyone have any other thoughts on Patty? I think we're kind of done on patty now no excited to cool. see him come back i think it's a great sign for overwatch and yep. yeah yeah i think i think the only other thing i'll say is it's a great strategic choice for him because um people people asking like oh yeah does he not get enough opportunities in valorant is he not getting paid well enough it's like well he plays in a minor region in valorant mm. he's not gonna get paid well unless he's on one of the top orgs and it's i mean with covid and everything it's it's i don't know how many teams would be willing to ship people over? Maybe they would have shipped him over, maybe they don't. But what he does have is he has a guaranteed deal with the LA Gladiators, who, by the way, are now under this whole guard brand. And you know who just came out with a new Valorant team? The fucking guard. True. So let's say that Paddy Pan has a career with the Gladiators and he wants to go back to Valorant. Boom, he's already in the NA. He's already got a contact to a team right there. And even if he doesn't get that, he can now start trying for NA Valorant teams and go from then and go kind of pick up right where he left off because i think those guys those teams i don't see his stock dropping that much unless he somehow hardcore flunks in overwatch but even then fuck it the guy you just you probably just trust the guy still good at valorant I'm, i think it's a great strategic move for powder Lights. there's almost no loss here there's almost nothing to lose can can we just can we just like speculate on like a, a weird Overwatch Valorant hybrid super team would be for like the guard? Like, can we just get like Corey and Patty and Saya player and like all these like crazy names that have moved over and like just put them on guard just to like really see how like this game shapes up with the rest of them? I think that'd be kind so, of so phase but minus Marved and yeah, who was the good... other non? Oh, it was just Marv. Oh, yeah, so minus Marv. Um, no, they had four Overwatch players in Marv. Yeah. I remember that. So you you want that? Okay. But just like um, with with you know other players. Okay, um, we're gonna talk about now. Um, who we're gonna talk about next? We're gonna move this along because we're starting to get to the time limit now. That we've, mm. I've said we're not doing a three hour episode. It's not gonna happen. No, unless you want to talk about innovation of Molly for another hour. Oof. So we'll do innovation. Innovation and Becky have been confirmed for Valiant. Mm. Um, probably not a long discussion because we talked about Valiant so much in the past, and we've even speculated on an innovation of Becky, but now. They've been confirmed next Dia. How do we feel about this three DPS lineup? Innovation, Becky, Dia. It's not bad. It takes. I'm. I'm. My Valiant tank is getting better, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's not not horrible. It's. It'll be nice to see a competitive team, and it seems like that's how they're shaping up. Um, led by somebody who has 
an immense track record of success and and again has worked with these players i think that's also important to say um yeah valiant might not be trash good i'm happy like they also might not be not last place but if they are last place they'll be in last place but not trash exactly and i think that's my position on it who looks i I asked this on twitter who looks to you like the worst team in the overwatch league at the moment you want to give me some options or i mean out of all of them like do you think i mean it's so hard because there's like some that just haven't done anything i i think the teams that have done the least amount of work (laughs) yeah and haven't had when i say least amount of work i don't mean effort i mean like changes Uh. while also not having great results from last season on the most at risk teams and those teams are london and paris Mm -hmm. the most at risk teams and even then you got to give you i'll throw paris a bone that picked up poco but mm-hmm. I haven't seen poker for a year, so I'll hold judgment there as well. Like, glister. I'll hold, I'll hold positive and negative. Okay, they they do have glister, so maybe some hopium there. Um, Wait, do, who London, did they pick up? Glister, glister and Poco. Not Poco. Mistola. Oh, London oh, picked up Poco. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was like, yeah, the French guy went to the French team. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> it's it's, it's so hard. an easy mistake to make, yeah, for sure. Understandable. Um, okay, so Glister went to Paris. Poker went to London. Yeah. Um, just funny because Glister was the guy from London. Yeah. And Poco's French, so they've they've kind of done opposites here. Uh, in any case, I don't know. And I think it's unfair. Maybe people think, oh, uh, you know, London have made changes. Their backline is totally different, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know their backline well, right? And that's I, I, hey, that's on me. I didn't watch enough EU contenders because I'm already watching three contenders regions. And True. Fucking, you know, bill me. Fucking sue me for not watching the other two. I'm sorry. Um, talk to me when you're doing Overwatch League plus three contenders regions. And then, then, you know, we can be on the same level of talking about what I did and didn't watch. Um, so no, I don't know enough about Provide an Admiral to really, or Backbone, um, and I didn't see Poker for a whole year, so I just, I just got question marks in this roster. Yeah. Um, I would have said maybe Houston looks a bit rough, but actually, they got Pelican oh, and Dante, they look pretty yeah. good. I'm okay with that, I'm okay with that. People will tell you, this is the one that people tell you, people will say that Florida Mayhem looks like the worst. I can guarantee someone's already in the comments, they're writing down Florida Mayhem, they're about to press send. And then they just heard me bring up Florida Mayhem. They're waiting for explaining my <laughs> comment on it first. And what I'm going to say is, I think I rate this team higher than most people rate them because I think mm. most people look at the Animo Majed backline. They're like, "Yeah, well, Animo's Animo, right? He's not very good." And Majed is like, he wasn't even one of the top prospects. Um, I've never seen Adam in anything because yeah. no one they don't watch go watch Contenders Australia, understandably, whatever. And Adam didn't get to play for um, oh, yeah. LA Valiant. Yeah. They probably don't know much about someone because he was not the flashiest player on CC. Mm-hmm. Checkmate was literally on tank this year. Um, Mirror was a bench player, and Hydron, admittedly, is a pretty good tracer, a pretty good player, but um, maybe people didn't watch contenders on him either. So, this like, same reason for me. I look at London, and it's just a bunch of question marks. People probably look at Florida and have a bunch of question marks. Yeah. But it's, it's those, these three teams. I think London, I think. One you, of those you, three. London spells a lot of questions. Florida, for a lot of people, spells a lot of questions. And I'm not going to lie, Vancouver also has to kind of 
be in that that slot. You look at Shockwave. He's been missing for a year. We know what he did before. We look at the statistics. He's a fucking stud, right? Looks great. We look at Aspire. That should be probably the most like bulletproof point that you can make for any kind of like Titans fans that are still remaining. Uh, Masa, same way. Aztec. Wait, okay. I didn't. I didn't, talk, I didn't mention Titans at all because I think they're going to be good. Hmm. I I think so, but they kind of, at least for me, orbit a similar kind of like, well, there's a lot. There's some questions here. Are they going to translate? Is this team still like is the coaching staff? Maybe is there questions there? Like they didn't really do well all that great last year. Are they going to transition and do the same thing this year with like a better roster? Are they going to fumble it? I don't know. I I tend to lean on the fact that like these players are good enough to carry them regardless of any kind of co- uh, coaching questions. Um, and I kind of rate Flubby and crew kind of high. Um, so, yeah, I don't personally think that, but I could see how like other people might lump these three teams together. Can I also comment that Vancouver and Florida are distinct opposites for me in very, okay. very various aspects. Why? Because um, as that person is definitely pressed send now, as they say, Florida <laughs> Mayhem, because I didn't really justify the team, I'll be honest. So that's true. But um let me do a little bit now. The reason why I have some faith in Florida is because of Gumba. Because I, he's got a proven track record of building teams that look average on paper and turning them into reasonable teams, competitive teams that will put up results, get some results. I'm not saying they're winning the league, but they're gonna they're not gonna be fucking garbage. Is what I is what Gumba's doesn't make garbage teams. He makes at minimum he makes just like reasonable teams. Is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. So and two Australian Vancouver's opposite. Two Aussie teams, good rest, garbage. Two Aussie teams. What do you mean? What do you mean? Team with two, two Aussie Aussies teams? is good. Rest is garbage at, in, so, at the bottom. So this is why this is why they're the opposite of Vancouver Titans because I don't yeah. have any faith in the Titans coaching staff, but I think they have better players on paper. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Aspire, Shockwave, False, Aztec, Master. Okay, say what you want about Aztec, but I've seen this guy pop off in Contenders, mm. which is also another cursed comment. That I've, oh, he was good in Contenders is about as cursed as he, he was well good in trials. He popped yeah. up in trials, right? It's about it's about on the same level. Yeah. Fuck it, I'll say. I've I've seen this guy play at his peak. I know what it looks like when he's at his peak. I don't know if he's going to reach his peak on Titans, but I've at least seen it, whereas most people probably haven't seen it. So they were much low on Aztec. So even if you remove Aztec, Shockwave, Aspire, False Master, like it's a fucking winning combo. So they got stronger players on paper, but a coaching staff that is just like, I don't know, man. I've not a good track record on them from my perspective. And the complete opposite of Mayhem, where on paper it looks like their players aren't that good. But then you got Gumba, who's super fucking proven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can I can see the kind of dichotomy, kind of splitting them up. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Right. Uh, you, we just sort of comment hugely on the Valiant because Yuska derailed us. So oh, I'm just going to say that um, I, mean, they look good. I, I don't, don't think this team has... What do I... Okay, let me let me think about what they miss. Um, looking at Becky's hero pool a little bit, mm-hmm. well, I think he's a good enough projectile player and a flex player because Innovation's hero pool is weird. He's got like a striker type hero pool, which is just kind of awkward because mm. it covers some random heroes here that importantly, it does cover Tracer. Yeah. That's something to take note of, but it misses some other stuff. Like, you know, it's kind of hit scan, but do you know, do you know the type of plan to mm-hmm. you kind of hit scan, but you don't have a good enough widow. 
yep. you're kind of projectile, but then you don't really play echo. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't yep. you don't do enough from either side. It feels shallow on both ends, even if you're even if you're dipping toes into both ends, you're only dipping toes. You haven't fucking entered the pool on mm. either side, right? You got leave and proper who've cloned themselves and they're fucking they've submerged on both of the hero pools. And you got people, some people who are just like, I'm dumping, I'm diving to hit scan, and the other guys like, I'm going full head in over into projectile, right? That's normal. Sure. Um, I mean, you got guys like Striker Innovation who've got toes dipped in both sides, and it's, it doesn't feel deep enough. And that's my, that's my kind of description of innovation, uh, which means that Becky's gonna have to pull up a lot of the. In fact, he's going to have to pull up all of the responsibility for projectile because D is not going to do that. D is the, no, the, yeah. he's the he's the hit scan guy. Yeah, um, but D has also got a tracer, which is nice. It feels so, kind of similar to what we were talking about with Toronto, where it's like if you get the double hit scan, like you're you're primo, you're set. Like if you get like tracer ash, tracer widow, anything that really allows D innovation to be like basically starting. Yeah. Um, and that's no shade to Becky. It's just something you know it's pure ignorance like i i just don't know too much about him i can't really grade him effectively he's so good. it's he's, he's good he's he, like okay. gurio is he and gurio they were a good duo but their team just wasn't good as a team because okay. the other players weren't great mm. so it's hard it's like is it do they get held back like would they be like phenomenally bitter on a new team it's so hard to say and i hold gurio in the same aspect where like i saw some good stuff but I sure. don't see either of them go full nutty mode like I saw Although, because here's the problem, here's the difference is Although was on a pretty average team, mm, but I've seen right. Although go full sicko mode, and that's the difference is like, right. you know, I, I, at that point I'm like, okay, well this guy's clearly just being held back by his team because he's this this guy's a fucking freak, and mm. his team just lets him down, you know, like that's a different story. Um, okay. I got you know, I, I, he could be good. He was uh, him and Gurrier kind of with the with the redeeming parts of that Jisoo Busan team. And they both been picked up. Uh, I, I think they're both good enough to be in the Overwatch League. Like, are they above league average? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So that's all okay. I got on that. He's just got a lot of responsibility because he's the only projectile. He's got exactly. a lot of responsibility. Hundred percent. And again, you trust No Hill. I, 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 I won't. I won't question that. It remains to be seen. He's a coach I trust. Okay, let's move on to... You want to hear my one hot take on, on this topic of the Valiant? The, the content creators being hyped about Overwatch and like saying something is coming soon is a pretty good indicator that it's coming. But the fact, that the, Valiant actually <laughs> so much. the fact that the Valiant actually signed contracts and now have to start paying players even though they don't necessarily right. have to until in a week... Also, is a pretty good indicator that we're getting Overwatch because they, yeah. those guys, you can expect to hold it out until the absolute maximum, right? Yeah, when True. IGC is spending money on their roster, you know something must be going right. Mm. Okay, uh, fair enough. Last player, last final player, uh, and we're talking about this one for forty-seven minutes now, if possible, uh, is Molly being rumored to go to the charge? Rumored. My God. So. To be fair, Halo's been pretty spot on, so you know, yeah, I, yes. I think I, I think I trust most of these rumors at this yeah. stage. So Overwatch League Champion Develop goes to Gonjo Charge. Overwatch League Champion Molly goes to Gonjo Charge. Overwatch League Champion, who are you still there? Mm. Uh, but Molly's been and by the way, Molly was the last and only Chinese player on that roster. So now it's full mm. Korean for sure. Uh, Molly's gonna be replacing Kareev, who's going to military service. Can you say it? Joe. I am high. 
I yeah, I like the move. I'm definitely high on Molly. Always have been. Um, <laughs> back back in the days where he was playing Tracer for LGE Huya. Shout outs, Kenobi. I know you're probably the only one that gets that. Oh, Avril, you might. That's 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 not to overlook your your stay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I won't claim to know too much of what Unique has been doing up until recently, but is a name that has stood the test of time since Apex. And Ollie is good, is, is genuinely like a good flex. So uh, this backline, at least one half of it, I can comment on as being genuinely solid and a good replacement, I think. they That would round out and finish their roster. I think Charge are the type of team that mm. will not overspend on a roster i think seven is about correct for a team like this i think if you want to be very safe you go eight but i think they're going to stop at seven that's my gut feeling for the charge mm. so the charge is now eileen choice of one developed for the dps's rio krong for the tanks unique and molly for the supports that by the way increase the doubles the amount of chinese players on this team from one to yeah, two to two in a molly <laughs> molly is um he's got experience he's got a lot of experience with korean players so mm. actually he's probably going to be a good fit yeah. um super overlooked underrated player because he's got benched for pretty much the whole season yeah. people don't think much of him but i think he was one of the better players on Guangzhou on chengdu hunters last year before mm. he joined the the uh shanghai dragon so when he was active and starting i felt like he was good yep. but i mean when you're competing against izaki on your team i mean bro like no one's yeah you're not you're not start, you're not no one's starting over easy on that team let's be straight you know and it's yeah. hard to you're not gonna look good next to easy when that guy is so fucking phenomenal like no one's gonna look good so yep. uh understanding understandable that molly probably in most people's minds has low stocks but um i think he'll be he's he's got a big chance of surprising people big chance mm -hmm. agreed and you and you go down that list and it's like yeah bro this team like should be good like it's not a bad team. Like I don't know if they're gonna like shoot up the APAC rankings, but like Eileen's never done me dirty. Develop looked promising. Choice Juan, I think, like suffered at the hands of this team last year, who went through some internal stuff that is public. Um, Krong, I think, has some questions to answer when it comes to like his hero pool, but has looked impressive in the past. Rio, I think, yep. is just like this workhorse that is fine. Isn't gonna leap off the page 100 percent I I get the eyebrow, but he he is probably league average, right? Let's let's face it. The Rio is probably your league average main yes, thing, yeah. I would say. Him in like Marvel, right? And I, I, I have opinions on Marvel, but like that's like the line. <laughs> um I, I don't think this is a bad team, personally. I don't know. I think it comes down to like, do does this team have have consistent leadership so that they don't just have dumpster fires all season? Again. Who's worse in APAC? Maybe the then Spark. Then Then worse Maybe the Spark. Oh, interesting. Oh, Joe, okay. I, I was like, oh, I'm going to pin this fence-sitting asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he gave me some spice. Okay. No, I, I listen. <laughs> when you, when you fumble the season that you had last year <sighs> with that team, uh, I'm sorry. I, I have given you all the chances in the world. You're likely to probably be last, if not the Valiant. Right. Like, or or it could be New York. We don't know what Philly looks like. Those remain to be seen. I trust those teams a whole lot more than I trust the Spark at the moment. Um, again, I'm 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 very gun shy with anything Spark related after last year. Interesting. Hmm. Whose coaching staff do I trust more? Do I trust 
Shangun. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, I haven't seen enough of Mero. Mero's, Mero's team was GC Busan, actually. Mm. And their team just... But then again, it's hard. Is it, is it because Mero wasn't good? Was it because his roster's like skill level just wasn't good outside of the DPS? So I, I, it's, it's hard for me to rate Mero. But um, looking over towards Ultra Charge, I think Sungwoo's reasonable. I think Sungwoo's got a, a decent record. I mean, he was with... He was with the charge when they were successful. He was with the charge when they won the fucking title. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, this guy's also been with Krong his entire career. Uh, Krong and Sungwoo have been right or die, like, the, the entire time in Overwatch, pretty much. Mm. Um, outside of Sungwoo's extremely brief stint on of the LA Valiant. But, um... And I think we look back fondly on Krong, because when he... When they won that title, man, Krong was a monster. Oh, I We know... Man. We know his we know his like peak is up there. We know his like you know when he was popping off like how good he could he can be. But so uh, you do have to not get too caught up in the whole rose tinted glasses thing, you Agreed. know, which I got to be careful as well. Um, do I dare say that Hangzhou Spark on paper still looks better? First of all, Shy is like a fucking god tier yeah. hit scan. Like 100%. oh my god, he is still so good. Um, I think Gushray is better than Rio, without a doubt. Um, Alpha Yi is a fucking lunatic as well, actually. Absolute stuff. And I think Bernard's a question. Sure. Uh, Liga Liga could still be really good. Um, yeah, I think like on paper, I I I like the Spark individuals better, but I like Agreed. I like Sungwoo better than Changun. So we got another we got another Florida versus Vancouver situation here for me. Yeah. It's tough. I <laughs> I agree. I agree. What but without like I'm just gonna echo the same thing. Like ah, I can't I can't trust the spark. They have to shit they have to give me something to to hold on to because it ain't it ain't looking pretty. But both orgs have shit the bed, because charge as an org also shit the bed this year, so did Spark. So they they hold that in common. It's all the Joe teams, man. What's going on? Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, any other thoughts on Molly to charge? Actually, what what do you think this means for Shanghai? Does this mean they just want to bank on Iziaki and Lee Jae Gone and just say screw it, no no other players, mm. or they're gonna or because and I bring this up only because they have replaced players that left before. Yeah. Right. DM goes. Develop comes in. Ursa goes. Um, who are you comes in, right? Yep. So they do, they have replaced bench players before. Like, and those, those were full, DM Ursa were full, what a waste of a bench, but also what a stacked bench. Um, they basically full replaced their bench, even though, like, what percentage chance were they ever going to play? Yeah. Outside of, like, outside of the pity games, the pity maps that they were given mm-hmm. when Shanghai were feasting on really shit teams like Valiant, you know? Yeah, I I think Moon in general, I think his his coaching staff as a whole, I, I think they appreciate having a, a larger roster, and I wouldn't be surprised if they they moved in another kind of developmental flex support that they think has promise. You know, allows them to scrim, and maybe they get a game or two, or maybe they find use um, next to Iziaki in some sort of weird flex uh, meta. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they added a, another one. Yeah, I, it depends on how 
willing teams are to spend, but we'll we'll find out, right? Like, sure. I'm not hundred percent sure who they would be getting, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think they necessarily have to anyway. They would have to kind of find a bit of a diamond in the rough, and I'm about to make a pun because closet on Team Diamond G Superson is maybe a type of player that you could yeah. look at as developmental as the 80. He's yeah. actually 20. Um, but like, you know, the list, I'm assuming they're going to get, if they do get somebody, it'll be from Contenders Korea because that's where they got all their players from. Mm. The list is getting short, you know? It's, there's not, I mean, someone brought up, I think I saw a comment about Aim God. He is, he was on their uh, academy team. But Aim God's more of a known quantity. He's a bit more yeah. of an experienced player. Actually, Aim God has previous history with Moon. Yeah. So if we want to go down that road where like Moon just likes to work with people he's worked with, Aim God, that puts Aim God a lot higher on the list. People forget yeah. that Aim God has worked with Moon in the past. Mm -hmm. Um so that is that is a player that does exist. Is that Ardian back in the day? That was Ardian, and he was called yeah. Jeff on that team. Jeff. Um just full capitals, J E F F. Yep. Um not to compute not to be confused with people whose Jeff's whose name start with G E, G E O F F. Different Jeff. Um which is very fun for Team Four, I'm, I'm sure. But a lot of Jeffs. The difference between Aim God and a younger player is like, like I think Aim God is a bit more. You could probably assume is a bit more settled in like that's what you're gonna get. You mm. see him, you know what you're gonna get. Versus a player like if you want to develop somebody, you're probably looking for a younger, fresher player than some dude that's been around, right? Like that that yeah. that, that makes sense to me mm. at yeah. least. Oh, totally. I th I think one another thing that they could be doing is uh, trading uh, Izayaki and Lip for Karif with the Korean army. <laughs> I mean, the Korean army wins no matter what because they'll they'll get. Listen, don't get don't week. let me get super on the phone, okay? I don't know what you're cooking everybody. up in there. Apparently, every single GM of every team has to run by their trade pass with the first <laughs> approval. So unless Super uh, says it's happening, it ain't happening. Um, and no shade to Super. I mean, no, at least not no. the single. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I don't. It doesn't. I don't. Uh, it's whatever. Uh, I'm just having a laugh, you know, just having a bit of a joke here. But there's not. I don't know. I'm looking through the list of players, and there's just not really, not much else there, man. That, yeah, it's tough. Like, yeah, look, Contenders career is is a pretty deep talent pool, but once you get past like the clear, obvious mm. choices, it just gets. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying it's cloudy, you know. Yeah. Like they all just. Look, they all, they, every single player ends up being really similar to all the rest of them. So, you, you know, I, I haven't done, I'm not here scouting for them on their behalf, but like if you're going to, if you're going to scout past obvious choices, you're going to have to do some really good trialing and some really good VOD reviews and some really good reviews of POVs from, you know, their official games if you can. Like, I don't know. Mm. You, you, it's, a, it's a big job for whoever's doing that, is what I'm saying. Good. Yep. Cool. That was the last play on the list. So, Joe, Bam. the last 35 minutes of the podcast, take us away. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go through a quick little get off the fence segment. Um, if you are interested in submitting questions, we are taking some questions from our patrons. Um, if you are a patron of $25 or more, you can submit a question or a, a list of questions. I won't mind. Um, and we will eventually get to them. Um, I know that we're going to try to tidy up the episodes as best we can to get them out as quick as possible. So if you if you don't make it on the episode, you submit. Just know I am keeping a list. You will uh, get your question read and we'll also shout you out um, like I'm about to do with a friend of the show and 
longtime supporter Picasso gives us a couple questions. Avril, we're going to start with you and just going to do a couple, um, get his and get us out of here. Um, for Avril, if Toronto were in APAC last season, would they have placed in the bottom half or top half? Get off the fence. Fuck. Top half or bottom half. I feel like you only have to get past the two Joe teams and Valiant. To be a top half, yeah. And then, well, that's three out of four teams. You'd have to get past one more team. NYXL. I guess I was going to say probably yeah. would have to be NYXL because Chengdu was one of the better teams. Shanghai yep. was the best team. Seoul and Philly were competitive and both had a shot at playoffs. Mm. Um, so it's Valiant, Spark, Charge, and, and New York. So to be in the top half, you would, well, it would, would, it would be nine teams, wouldn't it? So you'd, yeah. so let's just say you, you were in the middle then. Because we'll just say you have to be in the middle because you have to sure. be yeah. better than four teams, but potentially worse than four teams. Mm. Uh, would Toronto have been ranked fifth out of ninth at minimum? I here's one really good part that I think people need to remember is you have a four Korean team. I say four Korean team. Well, according to the Discord, it's a four Korean team uh, who would have been playing out of Korea, yeah, which would have helped. I know that one was going to get Yiska laughing, so that's why I said it. Um, so you got that going for you, mm. which I think is already a great start. Roster quality and just general. Hmm. It's a tough one. I think they, they would have been better than Valiant. I think they would have been likely to have been better than Charge for most of the season. Charge did have a bit of a resurgence. Mm. Um, Spark had the opposite trajectory. Spark started stronger when they had Cheyenne, but then got shit. Um, so we, I guess we're assuming we're talking about end of the season. To me, it's not about those Joe teams. To me, it's about the NYXL. Do I think they could have been better than NYXL? We're still 1v1 here. And... I'm actually going to say that NYXL had some really good progress at the end of the season. Mm. And it's too hard to speculate how much the Korea buff would have helped Toronto Defiant by playing out of Korea. I think the safe answer for me would be to say that New York would have still been better than Toronto, just based on what I was seeing out of New York towards the end. Okay. It almost felt like Toronto, uh, New York got a little bit robbed from APAC play-ins just because their earlier results from the season kind of ruined their standings to make it into the playoffs, but they actually had power level wise had improved a lot mm. uh, and if we're, if I'm looking at teams because I'm going to put some rules down I'm going to draw some lines in the sand like when 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 is Toronto you know uh, to me the when has to happen at the end of the season so I'll say they'd be one below New York okay. so no they'd be in the bottom half sadly Jessica any comments yeah no I think New York beats them uh, most of the time I think okay. if anything New York underperformed anyway, so yeah, on average, I think in that hypothetical, they'd be in the bottom half. Mm. Now, Yiska, going to jump to you for this next one from Picasso as well. Um, as somebody who has, uh, you know, been pretty uh, vocal about some of the more intangibles that teams maybe could look for, um, he asks, which personality tropes and team structures work the best for a total team rebuild, i.e., uh, single language versus mixed, certain team philosophies, something more strict, something more loose, etc. Any anything that sticks out for a total rebuild, please, sir, get off my fence post. So 
Um, of course, it depends on what kind of a franchise you are, but let's see, like, Blank Slate, looking at just, like, the empirical evidence, I think it's a full Korean roster that is friendly with one another, that has some players that have played together before. Okay. And... Um. Yeah, that's that's about as as defined as you can get. Uh, I don't know what other modulations you would have, like what what other you know like a attributes you would uh, want to figure out. Mm. Fair play, Avril. Any? Can you ask me the same question again, just so I understand it properly? Sure. Uh, he asked which. Which personality tropes and or team structures would work the best for a total franchise rebuild? So you're looking at like single language versus mixed certain team philosophies. Do we want something that's more strict, something more loose, large roster, small roster, etc.? Yeah, I think ideally single language roster or if it's going to be mixed, proven players that know how to work in mixed rosters and can succeed in a mixed okay. environment as far as language goes because uh, it extends beyond communication in game in fact it's, it's more important out of game we're talking about players in terms of uh, how they treat each other how the respect to each other goes and how they work with each other do they like each other because that, that adds to your ability to work with the team as that adds to the trust factor mm -hmm. if you like somebody you're going to trust them more you know what I'm saying so that's all that kind of stuff um Team size, I think you want to keep it mostly lean and only get teams, only get players that you feel would actually add some sort of tangible value as a bench player. Mm. Um, and that they would have to agree to be a bench player. Like, hey, we're signing you as a bench player. This other guy's our starter. But uh, depending on the meta, meta, you could be the starter or depending on how you work. Uh, I think it's important to set expectations like that as well. So you don't have situations where like, I don't know, people get jealous or upset. Um, people know where they stand. So, fair play. I think you need just strong management in terms of like a direction of like this is mm. these are these are the rules for for the team in terms of like you know this player is in this position and this is why we signed you. This is what we're trying to get out of you, right? You have to be very specific about your motivations and your um, intentions for why a certain player is actually on your team. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if I answered that question properly, but no, those I think... are some of the things I said I, I, yeah. that came to mind. Fair play. So like Same. seven players. I think seven players for 5v5 makes makes sense. Total I think sense, going yeah. beyond seven, you're starting to get into like weird territory, hmm. which is why I look at a team like, uh, you know, Charge and I'm like, seven's fine. Seven's good. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Uh, sticking with Alvaro for a moment. Um, last one for you. Our official player coaches, the real deal. Is Jake good? How do you feel about Woo Hyal? Get off the fence. It's a real deal in terms of value. It's sure. probably not the real deal in terms of like play quality. Because mm. when a player has to split their responsibilities, it is it is fair to assume that they will be worse as players because they're not going to be able to apply the same kind of focus and dedication and time to just being a player, right? Because they have to split their responsibility between playing and coaching. Mm. Um, 
And especially if they're doing more coaching than they're playing, which is where I think Uhiel is going to sit. Mm. Uh, whereas Jake, who knows about Jake? He, maybe he would have assumed he was going to do more coaching than playing, but he ended up playing more, I think, at one point. Um, so he was playing a lot, actually. He was playing a shitload. But uh, and if you are playing a shitload at that stage, I guess you can be putting yourself mentally back into a player's shoes. If that's how, if the team's smart, you should probably be doing that. And like, you know, you're doing less coaching and more playing, and you should be thinking and focusing on playing and practicing and all that kind of stuff and being a player rather mm-hmm. than being a coach. I think it's, I think it's just, it's great economically because you're covering a lot of bases and it's a, it's a smart thing to do with your budget. Like if I'm a GM, it's a great thing, mm. but also at the same time, I would not expect that player coach to be the best player. Like they should not be starting because if they're starting, they can't be a fucking coach. So you're so, more looking at it from like a sub angle, like, Oh, maybe you play you, this hero, but outside of that, you're benched. I would more look at them as an emergency player. I would okay. look at them as an emergency player that if you had to sub in, you would. Mm. But I think if you're subbing in your play coach as often as Houston was with Jake, that tells me you're having enough problems that the guy that's meant to be playing the fucking position for some reason can't, and you feel like you have to sub your coach in for it. Mm. That's an issue. Makes sense. So it's weird, but like. <laughs> It's weird because the final answer I'm going to give is the ideal situation for a player coach is that that player coach never actually plays. Which means they're actually just a coach. Which means right. why even have a player coach. But I guess there the why go. is a, contingent, it's a contingency, mm. not like we plan to play him, right? There is. Very, very good. Yiska. Mm-hmm. Do you like Jake? Do you hate Jake? Should we call Super? Bird noises. Go ahead. Um, I think... One has to consider that there's inner team competition for roles. If the coach is in a position that another player inhabits, then you all will always run into the issue that uh, theoretically a person of authority is also in competition with you. And that seems an inherent... It's not a conflict of interest per se, but like it's, it's a little weird. Like players want to play players want to win too the the, the power dynamics a little funky. like players want to play and players want to win but i think like being a player is an ego driven exercise and i think it might feel very bad if you're the benched player behind the coach because it will always be like well he's just like equal with the rest of the coaches so he can pretty much dictate or has way more leverage in in the decision who's going to play eventually than mm. um than I do so this feels bad right so yeah i don't know what i think if i can avoid it i'm i'm avoiding it but it is an effective way to save up uh salary cost all right if your team on a budget is a smart thing to do which yeah. valiant sure. are all right, last one for Yiska, and we'll skedaddle. Again, thank you, Picasso, for the questions. I think they've been pretty insightful and, and kind of eye-opening. Yiska, uh, two-way players. We're going to ask you to get off the fence regarding them. Is it a decent practice uh, for situational players, or does it lead to players trapped in Tier 2? What get does? Get off the fence. Tier 2 players. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, two-way players. Two-way. Uh. Two-way. Is it a good say? Say the call question again. Two way players. Is it what? 
Is it a decent practice for situational players, or does it lead to players trapped in Tier 2? He cites, so, you know... The problem is, like, one has to differentiate between what empirically happened and what could sensibly be done with that rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I think empirically it is sort of like a trap. It feels like not too many actually ended up being like promoted and like actually being slotted in and then so also you're... making like a career out of it afterwards. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you're wondering paper, if like the execution could have been better. Yeah. On, on paper, it sounds like a good idea, but maybe I'm unaware of uh, dynamics that make it just not a good one in practice. Okay. Avril? How do you feel? I mean, the most successful tier two player, tier two, uh, two way player of all time to me has to probably be Gator because he actually just got put up to Atlanta, literally played Sigma for them when in the Sigma meta in the original when Sigma was released and had some decent success there. And Atlanta played well, um, or well enough. But to speak to is it a good practice? So that's an example of one good, you know, tier two utilization or rather mm-hmm. two way utilization, but. It's probably way more where it just doesn't work out that way. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I disagree with it, but I guess like the problem with two way is what fundamentally ends up happening is, is that once your player goes two way and starts playing for your academy team instead, mm. it's actually less likely for them to come back into the main roster because of two reasons. One, they, the two, the, the academy team could start depending on them for success. Mm. And secondly, like they start moving away from activities with the main team, whether that's practice, reviews, other True. things, and they just they they're, they're less associated with the main team. Um, and f- for for the swap to happen, you would need whoever you're replacing to be like mega underperforming, mm. um, or like you are so damn good in your academy team that it's clear that you should be playing instead. Um. But then again, you, you, the, the opposite side of that is like, well, if you don't have two-way, do your bench players just chill on the bench and do nothing then? Do you know what I mean? Like, two-way kind of exists as a way for teams to allow their bench players to actually have something to compete in and do something and actually get some game time in rather than just rot away on the bench. Mm-hmm. I'd say the ideal situation is to not have a gigantic bench and actually have a plan, like I said earlier in the previous question, have like a plan for what you're going to do with these bench players um and for them to agree that this is their position like we are going to sign you but you are going to be a bench player you understand that right that's what you're signing up for mm. uh and then you know both parties know where they stand um so ideally that's the situation i see the benefit of two-way but it just it definitely has not actually offered that much from the player perspective but the team wins big like if you're a team this is a good this is like a great thing for the team because now you, your your bench player is doing something and filling a position elsewhere. Mm. And if you want, you can just bring them back anytime. You know, like it's a great thing from a team perspective, not so much from a player perspective, unless you're desperate for the practice time on the academy team. Sounds good. Uh, that's pretty much all that uh, he gave me in terms of questions. Let me just do a quick little double checkeroo. Uh, it looks. Um, yeah uh, thank you Picasso for the questions um, and supporting the show um, if you too would like to ask a question again 
uh, $25 patrons or higher can ask the question. Also be shouted on the show twice. And uh, obviously I have access to the Crouch's Discord, which, you know, is kind of a, a feedback. And have our, have, have our endless love as well. Oh, without a doubt. That goes without saying. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for me. Nice. Well, uh, it's been fun, guys. I think the... I think the the thing I got away, I think I got, the, I got out of this episode is that um, Yiska still hasn't had to deliver a baby yet. Yeah, no babies yet. So, yeah. No babies, dude. What's going on here? Where's, where's the baby at? I don't understand either. Uh, <laughs> and I hope the baby is named after you and it's actually called Yiska. Like legitimately mm, just no, called not. Yiska. It's on the birth certificate. That would be hilarious. Uh, nice, well, that's disappointing. That's disappointing as shit, dude. It's I'm not actually... the only, that's the only thing that's ever been named after him. No, like... There's a dog named after me. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. That's close enough. It's the next best thing. Yep. I can't get a child named after you. We'll take a dog. Um, are we? Yeah, I mean, I guess the next time we see each other, it'll be post Christmas, but before the New Year. Yep, yep. And when do the player signing window window stops, or is it like the deadline? There's a deadline. Player signing deadline, right? That's coming up. Mm. Fifth, um, fifth of January, Jan, yeah, something like that. June, fourth, fourth, fifth, yeah, there. So we still got a little time before then. We're gonna have a pretty big episode on two o eight. Two o eight is gonna be the deadline episode, I think, mm. or something like that. We're gonna okay. Here we go. Here is every single Overwatch League team we can find. Look at them all, right? You. You know Sorry. what the best part of of all of this uh, Overwatch Two mumbo jumbo is? Mm. That I don't feel forced to start making power rankings, man. You have a plausible. Anyone starting excuse. power rankings now is making a mistake. You, you have teams that don't even have their roster yeah. sorted out. You're making a big mistake if you're doing power rankings now. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, no. I, I I remember last year for Christmas I was writing power rankings, so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you yeah, had like, like an early list and then a, a season-wide list. Yeah. 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 Well, Two different power ranking every week. I should look at, <laughs> at at how good my earlier list was. I feel like I wasn't rating... Of course, Scrimmage wasn't rating that highly. Mm. Yo, I, I correctly rated Atlanta super high. I'm so pleased did, about did. that. I did, and I you, did. And you were pretty consistent season-wide. Like, every, every playoff episode, it felt like... I mean, everyone's like, oh my god, why would you put Atlanta so high? They're the gatekeeper team. And I'm like, you wait, man, you wait. This team gonna pop off. And uh, and they did. Yeah. So True. For sure. Then again, I, I missed I missed on a couple of teams, but you know, don't worry about I it. Mean, I, 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 I hit where I'm supposed to hit. <laughs> um, and I hit Shanghai on the head as well. I think Shanghai had his number one, understandably. I think I put Seoul way higher. You know, that's the whole Seoul Warlock thing. Um, For sure. But uh, yeah, we'll know for sure. So next week, we'll see what other news there is. Maybe the whole leak, maybe the whole Overwatch 2 content creator thing will yeah, leak by we'll then. Maybe we won't. Or well, Christmas case, gift. Yeah. That would be a brilliant Christmas gift. Um, there could be some more news by next week, but it is running pretty dry. I think 208 is going to be like very specific, like boom, here's all the teams. And then beyond that, we might get some Overwatch 2 news. But Thank you for hanging out for another episode. Love you all, of course. That's 206 Done and Dust. We'll see you all next week for 207, and have a lovely Christmas. Bye.